This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, particularly in my case, powered by Celery, the show that knows how to grind out a Monday night win. Uh, The potential for a post-international banana skin against a Newcastle side who had got some decent results recently was arguably high. But further evidence of this uh, Chelsea side's increasing maturity was exemplified by a much more dominant win than the 1-0 scoreline suggested. This might have been a game where defeat was snatched from the jaws of victory a few weeks ago, but instead Chelsea got the win their dominance deserved. Marcus Alonso, replete with George Michael Hare, also got what he deserved. Having been harangued by the Geordie nation throughout the match, it was fitting that his rifled left shot was the goal that mattered and sent the Geordies back home to go and punch a horse. Alonso has been quietly back to his best recently, which will hopefully also shut some of the Twitter naysayers masquerading as Chelsea fans right up there you go the chelsea uh, fancast number 477 in honor of alonso the mackham bastard there we go and there'll be no more such language uh, on the show tonight we're cleaning up our act on the chelsea how, fancast. Dare, you, how dare you change well it was uh, i'm allowed to it was kind of uh, i don't know there's a word for it isn't there i mean you know inglorious bar stewards you know you can do it anyway uh, yes I, I liked it, and I think I, I think I nicked I nicked that off Mister X, who very put a lovely tweet out actually, and uh, uh, we'll talk about this in a minute. Let me let me introduce these lovely people first. We have the delightful Mister Kiddo. Oh, lovely to be on the show as always with the lovely Mark Worrell. Yes, oh, would you like to introduce Mark properly? And here is um, Gate Seventeen himself, Marco. Yes, I like Buona to sera. I, Buona sera. I like to refer to Marco as Gate Seventeen Impresario. <laughs> you know, I think empresario and entrepreneur, entre, sure. entre, entrepreneur, as the Americans yeah, like to say, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, yeah, oh, yeah. Gate seventeen yourself, Mister Chidge. Well, yes, you and I, of course, uh, do sit in the hallowed, uh, hallowed uh, seats of uh, Gate seventeen. Talking of which, I was joined by none other than uh, Mister Darren Mantle on uh, Saturday. 
I gave Darren a lift home from, I think it was the Liverpool game. He did mention that, actually. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah. He did. He said he'd seen you. And then there's a lovely lad who I'm sure doesn't listen to this podcast at all. But he, he's become, you know, you get to sit next to people and, and you become quite friendly with them. There's a lovely bloke called David who who doesn't get to come down much. And he's such a, he's a lovely lad. And he always he's desperate to always buy me a beer at halftime. And I, 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 made, I had to leave seven minutes before the halftime whistle to make sure I got him a beer this time. Uh, which was probably the root of my downfall when I saw Jonathan after the match. But as I said, the less said about that, the better. Uh, right on the show tonight, uh, we show it's a, basically this show is all about appreciation. If there is a theme running through it, it is one of appreciation, and we will be showing appreciation to our Chelsea fancast listeners. Of course, we will be showing appreciation to Marcus Alonso, Callum Hudson Odoi, Tammy Abraham, and even the much maligned Christian Pulisic. And in part two. We discuss an important win for Chelsea and the team's development and we ask what's going on with yet more injuries and reflect on what otherwise looks like a very healthy state of the Chelsea nation. All this, plus the usual parish notices and a teaser for the next Chelsea special podcast, Drumroll, which is an interview with Bobby Tambling and it is fantastic. I've been editing it today. It is unbelievably good, but I'll I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, In part three, we read out this week's emails, some crackers as always, and in part four, we take a look at the potential winners and losers in our Who Knows Wins Chelsea Fancast Match Predictions League, and then we look ahead to Wednesday's Champions League match against Ajax, or Ajax Amsterdam if you prefer. Now don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock. Sorry, Jonathan, live, 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 live every Monday. Well done by going to Mixler, uh, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea Home Fancast, where, of course, you can join in all the chats. So many of you do. Uh, they've got a live chat page and people kind of ignore us, which is, I would think, a very sensible thing to do and just uh, talk proper, serious Chelsea chat amongst themselves. And it's far more erudite and intelligent than anything we come out with. Uh, you can also tweet at Chelsea Fancast during the show. Tell us what you think about the games or anything you like and uh, on that note uh, by the way I had a, a a lovely chat with an individual who I will not embarrass by naming and shaming him but actually it was lovely to see him he had a nice chat he said why do you always have to waste time shouting out who's in Mixler and and, and then he said but I like it when you shout me out so I'm going to shout everybody out Nobby Steelers Jack CFC 1996 CFC 2510 I saw Alan May score Alan Fillgan the lovely Claire McConnell Eric Morabito Ben Short Planet Earth is Blue and there's nothing we can do Touring Blue Mr Paul Burgess one of my who knows wins buddies uh, Andrew Brest uh, to name but a few and uh, there are many more of you in there it's always lovely to see you in the Mixer chat room. Anyway, after this short interlude, we will be talking about the football. Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, uh, on a theme of uh, 
appreciation, actually, um, which, as I said, is very much the order of the the, the day for the fancast tonight. Um, and as I alluded to, uh, you know, by ruining uh, Jonathan's wonderful post-match uh, videos where we talk a uh, lot, lot of sense about the game. We didn't ruin it, Chidge. We, we were just a bit unfocused. Well, I was shit-faced, mate. That was the yes, trouble. Yes, yes. It wasn't um, ruination. It was just there wasn't much discussion of the game. There was a lot of, uh, whoops, I've dropped the camera. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, are you in shot? Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, oh, oh. And I thought, no, I don't think anybody's no, going to be very this. wise. Well, th- there was a reason for that. It's because I had a very... Well, I'd actually been a very busy boy. I had... Uh, been on the 818 Rattler from Winchester to uh, Clapham Junction because I had to go to a uh, Supporters Trust board meeting at 9.30, uh, which meant that uh, Dan and I hopped off to the Copthorne Hotel to uh, meet a few mates uh, who didn't turn up. Uh, so we had a couple of pints of Guinness while we were waiting, uh, and that was the, the, the really just the start of the slippery slope for me because I went went to the cock and met, uh, well, obviously saw Marco and everybody at the uh, CFC UK stall first and then went on to the cock and uh, boy did we have fun I met we met David Williams from Melbourne who uh, had emailed me the day before he, he's actually emailed us in before Jonathan and said he was coming in that he's he's basically got divorced and he's on a bit of a jaunt around the world he was in the Philippines now he's in London seeing the Chels lovely lovely bloke a nice chat with him as did Tony and he bought me a pint of Guinness of course and uh, several other people bought me pints of Guinness too so I had far too much Guinness prior to the match but there you go i also met this lovely young lad called william from sweden who knows oscar and uh freddie i think uh but certainly dan daniel's you knew uh, and i also met there's a whole load of uh eastern blues from from uh norfolk in the house uh duncan amongst them had a nice chat with duncan lovely it was just a re- it was just one of those lovely days in the cock tavern uh, which set me up for the game rather nicely, but unfortunately caused me to be rubbish on the post-match video. But anyway, I just wanted to show my appreciation to those of you who make the effort to come and say hello in the Cock Tavern, meet a few of us, have a nice chat with us, have a few beers. That, my friends, is what it is all about. However, I have to say the biggest dollop of appreciation uh, goes to the uh, one and only Marcus Alonso. Um, I have to say, uh, Marco, I didn't realise um, why the Geordie Nation were were booing Marcus at all. It didn't twig to me at all. Mackham. Yeah. His 16 appearances for Sunderland have got up their nose, apparently. Yeah. You know, I thought it was, I thought it was all to do with this awful... Where, where everybody boos him because he, he he was involved in that accident where uh, somebody tragically died, you know. So I thought there was more. Than, I had no idea, no idea it was basically because he was a mac and bastard. But there you go, Jonathan. Did you twig that? No, not in the slightest. In fact, um, I, I like the response from uh, the Matthew Harding um, of "Speak fucking English," which yes. uh, um, I thought was ab- absolutely appropriate because we didn't understand a word of what they were singing. I think if we'd heard more coherently. Um, you know, just uh, um, uh, uh, what did they say? Something mac and bustard. Sad, sad, sad. You're just a sad, sad mac and bustard. Sad mac and bustard. It's different when you're doing your journeys a bit like that, doesn't it? So sad mac and bustard, which makes it. So they always swan- they speak like they've got a half a pie in their face. You know you what I mean? That there, you're a bit sorry. I suddenly become like that. I do apologise. Um, but. Um, yeah, they. Uh, it was difficult, and I actually said to everybody around me, "Did anybody understand what that was all about?" And we didn't even know who it was aimed at. And somebody said, "Oh no, I think it's to do with a steward or something or whatever." But no, it was a, it was at um, it was at Marcus. Yeah. But um, as you you so beautifully said, he uh, 
he um, responded by scoring. And yeah. that's, not, that's the best thing to do, isn't it? Fantastic. Well, and also score the only goal which beats him. I, I, I was really, you know, it's a bit difficult when you're up up, up in the gods where, where me and Marco are, but I, I just wish we'd come out with a whole litany of Viz chants. Like, uh, I don't, Marco and, and you, Jonathan, you'll probably remember this. When we used to play Birmingham or a Midlands team, um, oh God, Sandy... Richards is your leader. La 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 la. Remember the old crossroads? Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Sandy Richards is your leader. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we should we should have been. Yeah, that's going back a bit. <laughs> that's right. With the sets that fell down. But I, I was thinking we could we could you know oh, wow. adapt that to Viz. So beer for bacon is your leader. La 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 la. Uh, and do the fat slags know you're here? Do the fat slags know be, you're here? More like Sid, Sid the sexist to be the one to apply yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, but you can't. Sort of, you can't. It's a bit difficult to fit into a chant. Uh, Sid the sexist. Sid the sexist is your leader. Yeah, yeah. Worked. Okay, that, and it would actually. Yeah, it would. Um, uh, other Viz characters are available. Uh, actually, on, on talking of Viz, Roger Melly was my inspiration. Man and on the telly. Yeah, the man on the telly. Fuck TV. Buster Gonad. Buster Gonad. Yes, indeed. Buster Gonad. Yeah. Lovely. Great stuff, Viz. Uh, so there we go. That's the Geordies for you. And they booed him. And then, as Jonathan Riley said, he came along and he scored a lovely, lovely goal. Um, great assist by Hudson Adoy. We'll mention that in a minute. But uh, I think the main point, really, uh, Marco, uh, apart from it being a great finish and really good karma, Good old Marcos. I think he's quietly been playing really, really well uh, recently, and he is without doubt worth his place. I cannot, for the life of me, understand the grief he gets. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, I think it's all about it's all about the system, isn't it? And um, you know, I, I think he, he's he's adjusted it uh, quite well to, um, or he, he seems to adjust quite well to what Frank wants him to do. Uh, and I don't know whether that is a reflection of uh, you know what's going on in the training ground, but it's the same. You know, so so as um, Aspilicueta, because bo- both of them were kind of um, you know had a big had question marks over them at the start of the season and looked a, you know a bit shaky. I, I know Alonso wasn't playing at the start, but um, Aspilicueta was. Uh, but both of them now, um, you know, whether whether we're playing four at the back or three centre backs, and they're, they're they're playing further forward, they seem to be a lot more um, adaptable and settled. And I think there's you know there's a lot more confidence. And you know that Alonso goal today uh, today on Sunday came out of uh, you know buccaneering running to be in in the penalty area. And you know, take advantage of Hudson um, Adoy's little layoff from uh, some decent work by Pulisic. So you know, I I, I don't think he's ever been a bad player. I, I, I was horrified by the grief that you know, he got, particularly last season. Um, he just couldn't play it last season, could he, Marco? He didn't really fit into what was required for him. That was the trouble. Would he have been in the team on Sunday had Emerson been fit? Probably not. Probably not. No, it's crap fact created a selection conundrum, hasn't it? Because uh, Emerson was doing well till he was injured. And um, uh, Marcus has taken advantage, which uh, I think is... um, is really excellent. But I, th- I think, you know, this This for me is very relevant, you know, because uh, for all, all the talk of uh, Chelsea's, I mean, prodigious young talents, more, more of which in a minute, but 
I mean, it's just been the absolute you know theme and signature of the season so far. But the reality is, is that we have more senior players playing than we have youngsters playing. And we need these senior players to be playing at the top of their game if indeed we are going to do what, what we all hope they will do, which is to really challenge for the top four. So, you know, I, I for one, am delighted to see, you know, him, you know, Alonso, Aspie now picking up his game, William. You know, we need these senior players to be... To be Jorginho is another one who's been a revelation this season. We need these senior players to come to the party. And I think we need their experience and we need their leadership and we need their good influence. And that's why I'm, I mean, I'm delighted for Marcus Alonso personally because I, I like him. It's not, not just because he's got George Michael here. I like him, period. I think he's a good player. I think he's such such skill. Less. Sorry, less. mate, go on. No, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Chish. But no, no, go on. Sorry. Less, less George Michael here at the moment because he's had a haircut. Has he? Yeah, oh. so I don't know if you've noticed that. Well, it's a bit far, I'm a bit far away. I missed that. Oh, that, that no, no, he's had, a, he's had a snip, so he's he's slightly looking bizarrely, um, slightly more 1967. Is he? Uh, oh. Yes, or even 66. You know that kind of um, status quo look. This is going over the heads of nearly everybody on uh, matchstick men. Um, and uh, Matt, yeah, exactly. So it's slightly like that, in well, fact. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you know what? One of the worst haircuts of that ilk that I've ever seen. Mark, this will make Marco giggle. I'm sure. It's uh, the Roger Daltrey haircut in the mod era of uh, my generation, Marco. Oh wow! Horribly bouffant, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, only only Moon the Loon looks half decent in in those uh, those images. Happy Bird has said, "Chidge, you've got a man crush on Alonso." I admit it. I admit it, mate. I've got a man crush on Alonso. Um, anyway, enough of Alonso. I think we've uh, we've done him absolute justice there. Now, what we what we who we must talk about. Um, is Hudson a doy? I mean, you know, if, if Tammy Abraham being brilliant and Mason Mount being brilliant and Tamori being brilliant weren't enough, uh, he's come back into the side. I mean, the first thing, I mean, Jonathan and I were talking about this on Friday, weren't we, mate? I mean, I don't know. I yeah. presume everybody in the Chelsea universe has seen the two goals he scored for the England under-21s. I mean, f- I almost was very rude then. I mean, unbelievable goals. Um, I mean, in short, Marco, such a talent, such potential. He's always a threat. What I love about him most, he's a proper winger. He hugs that touchline. Uh, touch but I reckon he could be the best of the bunch, mate. Yeah. I mean, it's what, what's astonishing is, I mean, you look at, um, you know, Arsenal forked out, was it 75 million on HP for Pepe? Um, and we, at one point, potentially were going to lose hudson Adoy. To uh, to buy Munich for what forty million, mm. um, you know, just just those sort of fl- flickers of genius that we've seen already this season. Um, you know, the, the 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 kids. Well, he's not priceless, but you know, in, in today's market, I think you, you're looking at a hundred million for that kid, um, even even now. So, you know, to, to having nurtured him through through the youth ranks and uh, to be given an opportunity now uh, as as have some of the other young players uh, thanks to you know the, the Lampard regime um, being a force of nature that it is uh, you know I think the, the future's bright not just for Hudson Adoy but you know for the, for the entire football club and I think you know everybody's everybody I spoke to before the game, on Saturday was buzzing and everybody I spoke to after the game was buzzing even though 
you know, it was one nil, and yeah, we could have scored five, but we didn't. Um, you know, that that's that's the difference. I think everybody can see the the, the real potential. And you know, to think that you know Hudson Adoy's nineteen in a couple of weeks, I think. Well, that's the thing, isn't it, mate? I mean, he's he's bloody young. I mean, that's we're talking prodigy, prodigy. That's not easy for me to say. Prodigy levels here, Jonathan. I think we really are. I mean, the impact that he has when he runs down that wing and takes people—he scares the shit out of people. It's fantastic to see. It was interesting in the Grimsby game. Remember the first half because he hadn't really played, had he much? Um, no, no. Uh, Frank, Frank had to say to him, "Look, you've got to take people on." And immediately started taking people on. He beat them easily. And you wonder whether so much of this is just a question of confidence, seeing that he can apply what he was doing for the uh, for the juniors, to use that expression, for the youth um, in the in the uh, in the Premier League. And now the more the more that he discovers, yes, they're very vulnerable to his speed. I just I, I just look at the fullbacks and they just can't deal with him at all. It's speed and fe- speed of thought. There was a fan- do you see that fantastic moment in the second half where he fainted left. Kicked the ball round the other side of the uh, fullback, and then just went round round him and picked the ball up. You just thought, "Oh God, this boy is so speedy." It was a, in fact, that was Charlie Cook at his best. That move, that was a really, really terrific piece of, of ball skill. He, the, he, he's beginning to um, you you realise what effect he's having on fullbacks. You just can't deal with him. That boy at Southampton the other day, in fact, the one who did that decent run. What was his name? Valerie. He could not could not deal with him at all. And uh, I, I, he he puts he puts great fear into the defences. It's uh, it's fantastic. And I, I have to say, you know, initially last year, I felt that he was he was being used as a tool by people to to beat Sari by saying you're not picking this great player. Um, and I think it was a slight weight on his shoulders because I think this year he's now been given the opportunity under Frank think, to I express think, himself wonderfully. I think also he's not the only one, and I think that must yeah. take the pressure off him a bit. You know, when it, when he's got yeah. Tamori and Abraham and Mount all there, uh, hopefully, you know, Loftus-Cheek will, will come back uh, soon. You know, he's not the only one, and I, and I would imagine that must take the pressure off him a bit, Mark. I, should we, should, sorry, just to interrupt, say, just mm, yeah, sure. we mustn't forget the number of players that they've got in the academy who are, are still... Excellent. They've got some excellent 17 and 18, 17, 16 and 17 well, year olds. Did you see that goal by Conor Gallagher for Charles? Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Also, I think as we um, uh, discussed the other day, the um, uh, the the fact that Boyer is his manager is really very relevant because Boyer, whether you liked him or not playing for Leeds, he was a, he was a very competitive Combative man, um, player was um, is very is the right man for him. He was because he was tops for a period. Leeds were at the top of their game at that period, and he and he he's saying what a good player he is. So you've got and another option. You just think they don't really need to buy anybody again. They might just buy one one Galactico, as it were, to make it work. But but it, at the moment there is this this. They clearly it's giving access to these boys who are then thinking I've got an opportunity. To get into the first team, and they're raising their game accordingly. It's and, uh, it's great times, and they'd all rather right. play here, Marco, wouldn't they? Because they've grown up with the whole club. They, it's in their blood, in a sense. And I know that sounds like a really trite thing to say, but I think it's important for these kids. Oh, definitely, uh, and you know, as, as J.K. said there, I think now all those kids can see what they couldn't see before, and perhaps why you know Hudson Adoy was stalling on. Um, signing the contract last season uh you know it's just to 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 believe that 
progress, there is a path to the first team at Chelsea Football Club. Um, you know, and I've said this before, and it's, it's been an interesting talking point. You know, if you look back, how successful that academy side's been for, you know, probably 10 years um, in terms of winning the youth cup. A lot of players have fallen between the cracks of the pavement. You know, and some people say, yeah, but they probably weren't good enough. And, I, you know, I would debate that and just say, you know, with it, without a manager to believe in them, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. You know, if, if a manager doesn't believe in you, psychologically, as you well know yourself, you know, you, mentally you, you sort of take a knock and you think, Do you know what, I can't be bothered with this. Mm. And, and, it, and it all goes down a level. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely sure of, of, of that fact that it's not it's not that this crop of kids are that much better than what went before um you know yeah Hudson and is prodigious but you know I, I, ju- I just think these guys are lucky now and I think you know if, if um and there's no reason to suppose that we can't keep hold of Frank Lampard for for uh you know, to, to, to kind of build a, a dynasty there um, and certainly win a few things before, you know, he goes off and wins the World Cup as England manager. Uh, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but, I mean, why, why would he leave Chelsea? You know, all things being equal, why would he ever want to leave the Chelsea football no, exactly. A manager's job. He wouldn't want to leave it. Um, well, it's funny. It's funny you say the England job, Marco. Maybe that would be the only job that would take him away. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I do think, you know, I'm pretty much pretty convinced. And I, and I'll tell you what, I think I actually wrote an article for CFC UK about six or seven years ago. I'll have to go and try and find it. Where it was kind of it was a, a back to the future type article where Sir Frank Lampard won the World Cup as England manager um, and it, I think it was I think it was around the time of the uh, the new stadium when, when there was all talk about the new stadium and and how it would be Frank Lampard that was the Chelsea manager at the time that the new stadium actually got around to being opened so who knows that could actually be a very prescient uh, bit of writing mm, interesting stuff well look other than uh, uh, giving a bit of appreciation for Hudson Adoy of course he, he it was his very intelligent assist that set up uh, Marcus Alonso um, I do want to mention Tammy Abraham and give him a bit of appreciation too because he might not have scored but I thought he gave a, a really decent display of what you want to see uh, your number nine do he's full of running and en- energy I, I absolutely loved did you see did you see his goal celebration when yeah. uh, Alonso scored it was like he had scored it he was so pumped up that is what I want to see um, would, would you agree with that JK oh but I think it's indicative of the um, uh, of, of the the group and how well they're getting on and and how and it's reflected by um, uh, uh by um, the the whole uh, the whole system is 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 just um, um, from all the all the very tight knit group of of staff management staff are are, are clearly uh, creating a, an environment that they just flourish in, and uh, um, the the fact that that you know there's clearly no side to any of them and they're all they're all working for each other is um uh, was very evident with that celebration I, I i think it was 
it was great actually I, i'm very impressed by the, the way it, you you after last year which you never felt that they you felt there was a kind of relief if they scored, whereas this time... It was a relief think... when they got off the pitch, wasn't it? <laughs> that was yeah, bloody no, obvious. It was, wonder, it was wonderful. Just to talk briefly about Alonso, just I know we talked about him earlier. I think the difficulty with Emerson, who was doing so well before, is that not diff- difficult selection, is that is Alonso does strike the ball so well. Yeah. And, uh, and that's something that the goals at the edge of the penalty area, we, he's suddenly back to um, uh, Conte form. And it's it's uh, it seems to fit with the whole process of, of of trying to score as many goals as we can. I mean, we we should have had five at the uh, at, at the weekend, and I think I think they're all they're all um, th- there doesn't seem to be um, a kind of um, uh, a, a annoyance at not getting in the side. They're competing, but I think if they weren't in the side, I don't get the impression that they would be having the, the hump about it they wouldn't be fed up I'm, I'm not feeling there's there's any you know it's good competition it's good to have competition amongst all these players but clearly there's a it's a very uh healthy setup that's been created on the training ground mm, i agree uh marco i mean given given uh you know how good tammy has been really and as i said it's not just his goals he's you know, still uh, top of the uh, goal-scoring charts in the league, which is phenomenal, even if it is early days. But I think his all-round game is improving. I think this is the thing that I like most about these kids, is that they're learning quickly and they're improving game by game. And I mean, yes, I think we can still try and keep a level head and say, you know what, you know, they're going to have the odd bad game here. They are going to make the odd mistake. They are still young and they are learning. But that 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 willingness to learn and the evidence that we see that they are learning is really encouraging. With that, with all of that in mind, Marco, you know, and you, you said a minute ago, you know, or maybe JK did, I can't remember. Anyway, adding a Galactico or two. The, the, the one thing that most people say, oh, oh, you know, you've got to have a world-class striker. I mean, here's the thing. Do we really need to have a backup striker or replacement striker or can Tammy actually carry the load? It's quite interesting. This morning um, on, uh, on TalkSport, they, they were talking about United's problems and, and Keane's comment um, yesterday that they should just go and buy Harry Kane. Um, and and the, one of the guys on there, I think I think it was Alan Brazil, remarked that when Ferguson was there, he always went out and bought a striker. Yeah, uh, you know, and and then they just listed this this list of strikers. You know, everyone from um, Sheringham. To, to you know Dwight York there was loads of them Andy Cole just the list went on and on and on of strikers I think the only one obviously that they didn't buy because he didn't go there was Alan Shearer um, so you know there's, there's, there is kind of that um, that element of go out and buy a striker but then you know you look at Harry Kane and he came through the Tottenham ranks and he plays for Tottenham so you know, all these players have to come from somewhere. So why couldn't Tammy Abraham be the go-to striker for Chelsea Football Club? Um, you know, he, he's, he's still young yet. Sure, he, you know, he could have got one of those. You know, was, I thought he was unlucky on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the header went off the crossbar. It wasn't a wayward header. It went off, you know, it hit the crossbar. Um, you know, I think Dubravka had an excellent game. Yeah, but... Uh, that, that he had so you know great in chances you know we're, we're, we're you know we're sort of a quarter of the way into the season now and he's joint top scorer with Conor Aguero you know so 
that's not luck, is it? No. I also think that, that um, but Schwein appears to be coming on a pace, doesn't he? I mean, it's a shame for Giroud, but he's obviously young, a younger player, Batshuayi, but he's looked really good. So there must be something that's happening in training where they're, they're, they understand what's required of them and they're, and they're, they're performing, they're doing it because uh, that was one of our criticisms of Batshuayi, that he was always a bit all over the place and, and um, didn't seem to control the ball well. I've, every time I've seen him come on, he's been determined, um, uh, done some beautiful passes, set, been, set people up excellently. And um, I thought, well, you know, if, if Tammy was injured, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with him playing a few games. Um, and and I, once again, it's talking about the competition, a competitive aspect. If he knows that there's an opportunity for him to play, he's not going to hang about, is he? He's going to he's going to try as hard as he can. But it might be that if the squad is so um, uh, cohesive that it doesn't matter that he'll just he, they're all improving. They're all that they all look to be improving. This is my big thing. What you said about both Dave and Alonso is the same. Dave absolutely looks to have come up a notch. Um, and we were all talking about, oh, he won't be there long and old Reese James will be in. No chance of that happening now. No, it's, it's, it's becoming very impressive. And let, it, let's hope that it gets uh, translated into a decent performance on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, I saw something at the, the weekend about Reese James potentially going on loan to Bielsa wants him at Leeds in January to uh, try and uh, bolster their chances of getting promotion. So it'd be interesting to see if that comes to fruition but I think as we've said I think Ampadu is the one player that is is a, a worry for me because he, he he can't play on the bench all the time can he so, well he needs to be somewhere I think other than Leipzig which is uh, something we talked about last week um listen very quickly because we should wrap this particular part up but we can't uh do so unless we actually give uh uh a, a lad I actually feel a bit sorry for really Christian Pulisic I think he's been thrust into the middle of a bit of a kind of a political maelstrom, if you like. And it's really interesting. I'll tell you what, when we do this show, we get a very interesting insight because we've got a lot of, uh, lot of listeners who, from the States who, you know, are level-headed and they, they, they kind of let us into the psychology of it all over there. But he really is such a pin-up and an idol. And I think there's such a desperation uh, stateside for him to do really, really well. And I just wonder if that kind of exerts additional pressure on him. But what I see from over here, and I've certainly seen in the last few weeks... You know, a lot of what he said in the press is actually really sensible that, you know, look, I get it. I have to work hard to get in. You know, it's different league over here. I'm adjusting to the different circumstances, you know, and I think there is a sense going back to what we were saying earlier on, uh, chaps, you know, that Lampard's actually a pretty fair manager. You know, if you put it in, uh, then then he'll he'll reward that. And I think also something I said the other week that, you know, Frank Lampard uh, wasn't the most talented player in the world by a long chalk. And yet he made himself into the world-class player that he became because he worked really, really hard. And I think if you don't put in the same level of commitment on the training pitch for him, then he's not going to look look too kindly on that. But Pulisic came on, and I thought it was a lovely little camp cameo, some great, really good direct running, unlucky not to score a goal, uh, almost set some... I can't remember who it was now. It might have been William. Almost set William up for a goal. And I thought, um, you know, all in all progressing i thought i'm 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 liking what i'm seeing jk yeah i agree completely i think he um uh, what i also like is he, he, he though under pressure he seems to have responded really well to it which once again i think is down to the squad um and it was such a shame that he didn't score 
uh, when the ball rebounded to him from Adoy, who'd had a shot, and it was in, it was interrupted, it was intercepted, and um, it's because it was a very good save by the goalkeeper. I think a goal would have been a fantastic thing for his confidence, but he he doesn't look out of place at all. I think he's um, um, at the moment though there are people obviously playing just a little bit better than him, uh, and I include specifically William, who once again had a cracker cracker of a game. So. Uh, um, I just think he has to bide his time. I think you know there'll be injuries. They'll, he'll he'll as long as he comes in and and does what Frank requires of him. I think it's, it was the it was the defending was which was the problem initially because I think that was a problem also with with Dave because he wasn't helping Dave out. But um, uh, I think as if William is a role model, then he just has to look at the amount of work that William's doing. And I have to say I think William has flourished. Uh, an awful thing to say since Hazard hasn't been there, and is um, is coming across as. Uh, really terrific a terrific player which we've all known he has been but his consistency has always been um something that we've been questioning whereas uh he's every there was it the last five games he's played he's been fantastic so um and i think it uh, it helps if you've got a role model but it, it, at the moment it just means he's not going to get in the side but um as he's a very fluent um man on uh, on camera pulisic and uh, seems to be very mature so i don't think he's having a um, a mental problem, as was suggested by several Americans after he was substituted in the international during the week. I don't. I think he's. Um, I think he's a strong, mature man, and I think he's. Uh, I should say, boy, really, twenty-one. But um, no, I think we've got his best to come. Actually, I think it's. Uh, he just needs to stay there, and I think he'll get better and better because he's clearly very skillful and has a very good eye for a pass. So. You know, it's just it's um, we'll be we'll be seeing him playing ninety minutes pretty soon. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Uh, Marco, would you concur? Yeah. Well, all I can say is, um, what are we? Forty minutes into the show, and uh, it's the first time Eden Hazard's been mentioned. Who? Exactly. So <laughs> you know that whole that whole. Um, oh, you know we're going to miss Eden Hazard. Uh, it's, it's all all those conversations have, have vanished into the ether. Um, you just don't hear them anymore. Um, you don't hear, you know, Hazard talked about. Yeah, great player for Chelsea, but the world's moved on. Um, and you know, I, I genuinely, genuinely believe now that the best thing to happen to the football club um, in 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 recent years is uh, this transfer ban because it's stopped us going out and squandering money on another Danny Drinkwater, um, which we undoubtedly would have done um, had, had we had the money. Uh, you know, quite, you know, we, we would have gone out there and tried to buy a striker. You know, I'm sure, um, you know, Frank Lampard would have, when he was being... Um, uh, when he, you know, in his discussions with Marina um, prior to the, you know, the, the ban being um, enforced, you know, he, he'd have been saying, "Well, look, you know, I, I want that player, and I want that player, and I want that player. Go out and buy them for me." Um, those discussions would have taken place, and I'm not questioning Frank's judgment, um, but you just don't know. You know, you bring players into a football club. Or you play players who have been at a football club for for ten years since they were children. Um, you know, if they've got the ability, uh, I know I know which way 
I'd want to go and, and it's, you know, it's working a treat. And yeah, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not perfect. Could we do with, you know, a, a couple of world-class players? You know, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, the only, the only currently the only truly world-class player that, that we have in, in the team um, who unfortunately has fallen victim to uh, you know getting consistently injured now is, is N'Golo Kante you know I'd love to see you know can some of those younger players grow to be world class of course they can um, but you know will we get a marquee signing next summer I, I think so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I think there'll be, be really. be one and just to say that it's interesting that um, the, the, as laymen we observe players and think they're not good enough to play for Chelsea and uh, lo and behold, they're the two that were shipped out, Zappacosta and Drinkwater. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't difficult, but there was a, a worry that they would somehow um, infiltrate their way back into the first team. And of course, <laughs> Frank, Frank, exactly, Frank clearly had it all worked out beforehand. He's no fool as our Frank Lampard. Right, OK, we're going to wrap this bit up. Uh, part two, uh, we're going to discuss the important win for Chelsea and the team's development, ask what's going on with yet more injuries and reflect on what otherwise Looks like a very healthy state of the Chelsea nation. All this, plus the usual parish notices and a teaser. I like a bit of a tease on a Monday evening for the next Chelsea special podcast, which will be an interview with Bobby Tambling. It's a cracker. Right, see you in a bit. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. Right, welcome back to uh, the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and of course I'm joined by Jonathan Kidd. Whoop! And Mr. Mark Worrell. Buonasera. There you go. Uh, or as in, I think... It, sorry, go on, Marco. What? Sorry, I was just going to... Um, Say uh, a few words in support of Gianluca Viali. Oh, no, we got that. It's in the script, mate. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Read on, read on, read on. No, the, the, there's, there's more appreciation at the end. The appreciation is not over yet. Definitely not. Um, right, what was I going to say? I know. Um, I mean, like I alluded to in the intro, really, I mean, you know, the bottom line is this is a really important win for Chelsea, I think. I, I for one, don't think that they would have won that game earlier in the season. I think they would have found a way to lose it uh, because it was just kind of where they were. But, you know, picking up from what I said a minute ago about the fact that I think they're learning really quickly and they're developing really quickly, I think it really is a sign, Marco, that they're learning and maturing, isn't it? Because they dug that one out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and the, the clean sheet was gratifying as well. Yes. You know, that, I mean, that's the second one in, you know, drew, drew with Brighton, sorry, drew, kept a clean sheet against Brighton in the league last time at the bridge um, in the league. So, you know, that that's good because that was an area of uh, major concern, you know, the, the kind of the zonal marking. And I thought, you know, I thought Kurt Zuma was, was excellent. Um, Tamori, you know, he's... he's He's young. He started very confidently. I think he was a little bit shaky on on Saturday, if the truth be told. And I think you know Alonso, Alonso, um, Zuma, you know, get, get saved his bacon a couple of times. But that's what being a team's all about. And um, you know we've got Rudiger to come back. Christensen seems to be another one of these players that is you know, injured every other week at the moment. 
Um, so you know, it's it's good, and uh, I, I'm I'm very encouraged by uh, by everything, really. Yeah, I mean, it, the other thing, Jonathan, actually, that struck me, you know, as I said again in the intro, coming back from an international break, uh, that these matches are always a bit of a banana skin. You know, Newcastle. You know, I know they're in the bottom three, and they might look like a pile of shit. But they they did uh, they mind you they they did beat, I was going to say they did beat Tottenham and uh, New, uh, and Man United but I mean they're also piles of shit so maybe that's not <laughs> maybe my point's completely diff, you know blown out of the water by that but you know they're no, they're no mugs they aren't they've got some decent players and and uh, you know that's the, you can really be caught cold I think when you come back from an international break and and I was delighted to see that we didn't I also like the fact that they you know as you said we could have won three four five. But they were playing against five four one and a team that clearly had, you know, come to, to, to Stamford Bridge for a bit of a smash and grab. And and you know, we've seen so many Chelsea sides in recent history really just no don't know what to do when, when come coming up against a team that's got ten defenders. And yet they, they kept they kept going. And the other thing, the final point of, of many, I'm beginning to think that this team has got some bollocks to it, actually. It's got a bit of fight in there, you know? They don't give up. And I'm really liking that. Well, I think that uh, Mason Mount's an example of that, who just never stops running and closing people down and uh, um, uh, and irritates. You could see he's irritating. As does Tammy. Tammy just keeps going. It's the, the pressing is really impressive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he's... Frank himself had an aspect of that. And I think your, your manager is going to give you... Um, those qualities that he had as a player. He was always, always, was, we know, always trying, always, uh, he had a bit of grit about him, despite being classy uh, and, and, and superb on the ball. So uh, um, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I think um, uh, uh, I have to say that one person we haven't mentioned at all is Kovacic, who I think came on in the second half, was fantastic. And the very fact that players can come on and, and express themselves, you'd think, well, you know, once again, this is... Um, this is uh, it's making the side into a very good. They're making it into a very good side. I mean, Newcastle came for a draw, and they did all that business of falling over as much as possible. Every single knock they fell over, which is seems to be par for the course nowadays. And yet they had that that um, really speedy guy. What's his name? Maximim, the one with the, the strange hair. Who um, uh, I forgot his name wrong, but he was. Uh, um, you thought, well, you know, last year, as in the Wolves game, I think they'd have scored. But this year we were very, very uh, on it. Um, and as I say, we've created, once again, created the chances. We've just got to, we just need to be a little bit more um, clinical with putting the chances away. But um, Zuma, just other than that was a terrible moment in the first with Tomori. Tomori had a terrible back pass again. And there's an advantage, of course, that Newcastle, one of the things they didn't do was press because they were so insistent on getting 10 men behind the ball. They didn't bother with the pressing, but there was still one opportunity for Tomori for my heart to be in my mouth when he played an, an under-energised ball back to Kepper and the guy almost nipped in. I think, um, I can't remember who got in, somebody Zuma. got in. Zuma. Zuma wasn't who it? Who had, yeah, I thought, it. a really good game again. He had, a, other than one dreadful moment in the first half when, when he, they had a kind of, it was almost like head tennis. It was like big passing where the ball just kept bouncing and they passed it and then a, a, a Newcastle foot got in and the bloke ran away and luckily it, it didn't come to anything but um but yeah no he 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 uh he seems to be he seems to be doing a good job Zuma at the moment i have to say i don't think he'll be in the final setup if um uh if when rudiger comes back but but he's he's been say, you know i mean you know i 
Zuma was a terrific player before he got injured against United. Yes, he was. He was. He was out for a long time. He had a good season at Everton last year. Yeah, you know, he, he got rattled in that um, game at Old Trafford, which, you know, the more the more you look at that result, it's like the biggest anomaly of the season, isn't it? That, that how, how on earth we lost 4-0 to Manchester United. And, you know, fingers crossed we give them a good slap. Um, the week Absolutely. after the next, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I think, you know, I think Zuma, Zuma could surprise a few people. I, I, you know, I don't think. Well, just we then have three, wouldn't we? Um, we'd have Rudiger plus uh, Zuma plus Tamori. So we know which one. Who? Which one do you choose? Frank will choose. Frank will make his mind up, obviously. So well, but at the moment, you know, we've got a lot of games. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and also there's the kid Guehi coming through as well. He's another um, decent player, isn't he? So, uh, yes, he was on the bench, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So obviously he's he's considering him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'd be, I'd be astonished. I know. You know, it's it's got to be every year. I mean, the only thing that stopped it not happening in the summer was the the transfer ban. But you know, the 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 the, the Link, you know, we, we, we're always getting linked with buying a centre back, um, but I, I really don't. I'm not sure if uh, we need to, you know, if we were going to go out and buy one player, if that was it, you know, there, there you go 125 million, take your pick. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't spend it on a defender. I don't even know who, where would you put them with the way they're playing at the moment. Where would you put a, a, a Galactico? What position? I don't know what where you'd buy. Would you buy a winger? Would you? Ah, uh, no, I don't. I can't quite see it at the moment. It would. It would. What? I tell you what. Kante's twenty nine, isn't he? So, yeah. You know, and and unfortunately, you know, I don't know whether Sarri ruined him last season playing him in that final, but he's clearly got a deep seated problem because he's 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 picking up injuries in different places and that tells me that he's like yeah, overcompensating I totally agree with that Marco we've and been that, around you and I've been around a block a long time and I've seen this happen with players a lot they get one injury they don't yeah. recover enough they pick up a different injury and it's exactly. like wash rinse repeat really isn't it yeah and you know he, he's the age he is so you know do you think well I need a player who's going to give me 30, 35, 40 games a season. Um, so, Billy Gilmore, he, Conor Gallagher, they're, well, they're all there. They're all there in the background waiting, true. Marco. Neil Desperandum. Uh, maybe that's it. I, I don't mind. That, that, would, that would make me happy, but I just, I cannot see, I, can't, I just can't see Chelsea resisting the urge to go out and spend a shitload of cash on one player as soon as this band's over. I just... but, th- but that's what they should do. And this is the point. I mean, you know, hopefully what, what this season will teach us that we've been needing to have been taught for so long is that you spend the huge amounts of money we have on two or three absolutely top banana players, not spunk up 50, 60 million on average players to fill out the squad. You know, if, 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 they, have, if they don't learn that lesson this season, then they never will, mate. Um, I just want to like pick up on on the theme of the injuries actually because it's you know the butcher bill is frightening at the moment. Um, I, I don't know if any of you lot do. I, I, I sign up to pre- premierinjuries.com, which is absolutely mustard for 
telling you who's injured, what they've got, and how long they'll, they'll be out for. And this is the list at the moment. Uh, Aspie's got a knock. Ross Barkley's turned his ankle over, as well as having a calf injury, apparently. Uh, yeah, there you go. In fact, actually, this is hilarious. Ross Barkley's listed twice as if he's two different players because he's got so many fucking injuries. Well, he is he, he is two different players. He's one well, player for okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. one player for us. I, mean, I, I couldn't agree more with his schizophrenia. Anyway, Ross Barkley, calf injury. Ross Barkley, ankle sprain. N'Golo Kante, groin strain. Uh, Antonio, Antonio Rudiger, groin strain. Andres Christensen, hamstring strain. Emerson Palmieri dos Santos, hamstring strain, and Matteo Kovacic seems to have got away quite lightly with a dead leg. I mean, why on earth? I mean, I, I, I was having this argument with my, uh, my colleague on Love Sport yesterday, Dave Seeger, who's a gooner, but uh, uh, he's our age, he's been around the block, he's a, he's a reasonable uh, bloke, knows his football. And I was trying to explain this to him, you know. He, he said, oh, well, all clubs have injuries. But I, I can't remember a year for years where we have had so many injuries all the time it's i think it's unheralded for about the last 15 years am i am i wrong or in denial what's going on jk uh, well, haven't, they, haven't they just got a new doctor haven't they got a new one in i think we we discussed that recently but it, it um you, you wonder whether that because they have to be so fit, whether the chances are that this is going to happen. It's going to put a great strain on the body. Um, uh, I think in, in Rudiger's case, he came back too soon, didn't he? Because he got that injury within a couple of minutes of the game starting. And the same with Palmieri. Exactly the same thing happened with Emerson. Um, Kovacic, I think, is, is likely to get a dead leg because he runs around like a mad thing. I'm really impressed with Kovacic. I think he's uh, he's a really decent player, actually. Um, Kante, as we know, as we've just said, it's, it's, it, he similarly hasn't recovered properly. Um, and poor old Ross um, did the mad thing in the game of clearly being injured um, in the first two minutes badly and then spending the next 35 minutes trying to run it off and being completely invisible as a consequence. Um, he's tried so hard, does Ross. I really feel for him. And the, he clearly is in a completely different headspace when he plays for England because the two goals he scored, I know they were, they were not a great side, but the two goals he scored were great. And he sprays the ball all over the place. And, and I think he tries so hard when he plays for Chelsea. And I, I really feel for him. And there are some people who are, are suggesting you know, everybody wants him out of the side. We don't. We want him to be good. We want every player to be good. Every player who plays... Uh, for Chelsea in the squad we want to be good we want them to come on and play well because we you know that's what we do as supporters and poor old Cesar I didn't think he is this a this must be a recent one he got in the game because I didn't think think he, he he had a problem he still was the last off the pitch and had taken his shirt off and walked all the way back um waving at everybody looking rather handsome and muscular I didn't see him limping so uh this knock is news to me but um yeah it's all a bit weird, I've got to be honest. And as I said, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm uh, looking at conspiracy theories or something, I don't know. But it just seems really odd. I can't remember a season quite like it. And I just think, you know, on top of everything else, actually, Frank's having to put up with that and all power to his elbow. Look, I'm going to wrap this uh, little bit up, really, with this kind of like a state of the, the Chelsea nation, seeing as we were playing the Geordie nation. Um, but just to summarise, uh, we're in the top four, uh, unless Arsenal... 
uh, beat Sheffield United tonight, which I sincerely hope they don't. I, I need that to be a draw, and then I will win some money on who knows wins. But enough of that. Uh, I'll talk about that later. But we're in the top four. We've had five wins in a row. We're scoring goals. Uh, clean sheets are beginning to happen. All the youth have stepped up and exceeded expectations. Kante, Rudiger and Loftus-Cheek all, have all got a comeback. I think the main thing, Marco, is that Frank's kind of quietly, uh, slowly, uh, deliberately building a team and an ethos and a direction and a, and, a, and a way of playing. And, of course, it means that we're all completely together behind him. It's just wonderful. The, I mean, you know this. You you hang out at the CFC UK store all afternoon, uh, apart from at the game. So you, you speak to so many supporters. You come up and say hello. I see a lot of people there. I see a lot of people in the pub. Every, I, haven't, I, have, I can't remember a season where supporters have been so happy with what's going on. Absolutely, um, you know, there is there is no negativity. Um, you know that that whole spirit when we lost to Liverpool, um, and there was that extraordinary outpouring of love at the, at the end of the game, which uh, quite a few people who you know not not really that steeped in, in the culture and tradition of the football club couldn't quite get their head round. Um, it, that is the spirit of the, of the age at the moment with the, with, with the football club. I think people genuinely uh, are buzzing when they go into the ground. Um, you know, that's, it's just right. What's going to happen today? You know, I, I don't see any um, frustration you know, missed chances, um, you know, people baying for players to be subbed off. You know, all of that um, just doesn't seem to happen. I think everybody is genuinely pleased that it worked out. You know, you, you only have to watch. I, I watched the United-Liverpool game yesterday and, uh, you know, uh, when, when, Liverpool, when Lallana equalised, um you know, there, there, there was poor Solskjaer sit, sitting on the bench. It looked like he was about to cry. You know, you wonder why they have problems. Um, and it starts with the manager, you know, and Solskjaer's a nice guy. Um, you know, he's won a lot as a player. Uh, but he, he, just, he just doesn't inspire. And oh, no, that's me just watching that game. I was thinking, I'm looking at him thinking, you know, that guy's not going to inspire me as a Manchester United player or supporter to believe that we're going to do something in this game against Liverpool other than potentially concede another goal and lose. And that's the difference. You know? And at the start of the season, a lot of betting opportunities about who, who would get the sack first, Colchar or Lampard. Wow, what that media nonsense as we as we know him well. I mean, Jonathan, have you got anything to add? Uh, no, I think I think I, I, I love the fact that um, everybody is united, uh, but it's it's difficult not to be united. It's it's um, it's a great feeling watching the team and seeing the youth. It reminds me <clears throat> of of when I was little, and the the youth were the only. Uh, was the only source of players because they weren't going to buy anybody. Uh, they wouldn't buy anybody any good. And um, uh, and Doherty did the same thing. And he had um, he had John John Mortimer at uh, at centre half, who was about 
32, um, one of the older players. Um, uh, Shelato had come through the ranks, but he was a bit older. And all the rest were all from the Youth Cup winners. And as a, as a, as a boy, you still loved the fact that these anybody fresh who came into the side, you were behind them because you thought, what are they going to contribute? And they were pleased to play. And it was a, a wonderful atmosphere. And bizarrely, it's a recreation of that for me, 50 years on. And uh, I, I absolutely love it. And it's um, um, uh, there are no dissenting voices, um, uh, which is fantastic. You get the odd miserable idiot who doesn't, you know, the ball goes out and then they go, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's Pillar Quetta. What's happening? But, you know, but that's, uh, oh, God, what's this? What's what? <laughs> Everybody's happy nowadays. I think that's so appropriate. <laughs> well, it's Buzzcocks, mate. Everybody's happy nowadays. You know, yeah, it just, no, seems, great. But, you it know, just seems so appropriate because I think that sums it up. We all are. It's wonderful. But, but also, Chidge, even if there are hiccups, we're, it, we're, we're, we're in on it. We're in on it. It's, we are uh, indeed. We, we are, are indeed. We're absolutely in on it. All right. Well, on that, on that happy note... Uh, it's time for some parish notices, people. I know you're so excited to hear me blather on about stuff you need to cough up money for, but I'm going to do it because it's important, uh, especially especially this, which is the uh, the big Stamford Bridge sleepout. Uh, and I have to say that uh, without, you know, in any way uh, wanting to embarrass them, but both Marco and Jonathan have been incredibly generous uh, in sponsoring me for the big sleepout for which I am massively grateful, and uh, I love them to pieces for it. But anyway, uh, the Trust, as you probably know, with the backing of the club, have planned a charity sleepout in November in aid of two local homeless charities. Uh, it's the Big Stamford Bridge Sleepout, and it's a unique opportunity for fans to volunteer to sleep out at Stamford Bridge and raise money through sponsorship. Uh, it's open to any... I mean, you can still take part in this. There are still plenty of places around if you want to take part in this, and... Uh, you know, sleep out for the night there and uh, raise some money for two very good charities, which are uh, the Glass Door Charity and the Sir Oswald Stoll Foundation. The Oswald Stoll looks after kind of homeless veterans and the Glass Door is one of the main uh, charities in London for looking after the, the homeless. So you can join in uh, and actually do it and raise some money. And you need to go to the Supporters Trust website or Facebook page and you can find out how to sign up for that. If you can't do that, uh, which would be a shame, because as, as you know, I kind of tag this as uh, your opportunity to spend the night sleeping with your favourite Chelsea fans, as I know you've always wanted to do. Uh, and Paul Cannaville, in fact, who who's going to be uh, going to be along there, and hopefully a few surprise people as well. Um, but there you go. So you can either sponsor all of any of us who are who are doing it. Um, I shall plug me because I can because it's my show, uh, and I have a donation page at uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash David Chidgy. Uh, and you'll find that link on uh, my Twitter and Facebook pages and all of that. So if you want to do it, uh, it'd be lovely. Please give generously. It's a very worthwhile cause. I think, uh, on a personal note, I think homelessness is uh, a scourge. It's the scourge of this country, the 21st century, and it is the 21st century. Nobody should have to be homeless. Nobody should have to sleep on the streets. I think it's a disgrace that enough is not being done to sort that out anyway enough of me hectoring and lecturing um something that's far more voluntary is patreon 
uh, which uh, we set up a while ago. It's a way that if you like what we do, you can bung us a few few dollars a month uh, and you get special things back in. Uh, 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 well, if you wait long enough, you get special things back. Promise you people, I am working on it. I've had a lot of people saying they want to have a mini Kerry Dixon banner, not a mini Kerry Dixon, although that might be the next one, Marco. Little Kerry Dixon dolls on the stool, what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> be great wouldn't it but no uh mini kerry dixon banners are available for anybody who has been a chelsea fan cast patron for a while uh, and i will send them out to you wherever you happen to be i i need to like collate all the addresses up and then uh get them in little jiffy bags and send them out it's a bit of an operation but i'll get on it don't worry you will get the you will get the banners fear not uh and if you want to contribute to uh you know helping me finance running the show you can donate at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, another thing about Patreon, of course, is you can always send us uh, messages or, you know, if you want an email read out, it's uh, it's all, all that kind of stuff. So there you go. It's, it's a nice little avenue. We can have like a private chat. I kind of like that. Like Not like you have on Twitter. Maybe that's his main selling point. I shall leave that for your uh, discussion. Anyway, uh, now here's the thing. I've got four, uh, one, two, three, four books to plug. But guess what, people? They're all on the Gate 17 stable. And we have the, uh, the horse owner, if you like, with us in the, uh, in the Chelsea Fancast uh, mixer, in the, in the Fancast room, for want of a better word, the virtual room right now. So if I tell you what the books are, Mark, you can, you can give us a little bit of spiel about each one. First of all, uh, Chelsea Chatters, Chelsea, if Twitter was around when, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, this is uh, Chad's... Uh come up with quite an interesting concept um which basically he's he's picked out key moments in in chelsea's history games events etc um and he's these are all prior to 2006 which is of course is when twitter was uh, born um so he's he's kind of got a group of uh, people in in a in a twitter chat by invitation i think there's something like sort of a hundred people who on, on Twitter, I, I did a couple of um, the scenarios. I think one was the, um, the cup winners cup final in, uh, uh, in Stockholm. Um, and what he's done, he's created the event. He started the banter going and then people just exchange um, tweets about, about the event. And it's, it's very entertaining. So um, yeah, it's, it's a quirky little book and, well worth um certainly anybody who's on twitter would find it highly entertaining uh so yeah good 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 on chad for coming up with that idea yeah i, I took part in that it was great fun and i'm looking forward to reading that now the next one is by some bloke called mark warrell and it's called ah. liquidator 1969 to 70 a chelsea memoir yeah this one's not actually published yet i think you can uh for those who love a bit of um, ebook, you, you can pre-order the Kindle version. the The paperback will be along for the Crystal Palace um, home game, so I think that's an early kickoff. So I might be doing a pop-up shop and having a few beers in the Atlas <laughs> after the game. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's. I tell you what, mate. We've got a, a supporters' trust, gen, a special general meeting after the Palace game at the Atlas. So you'll have a captain market there. Jolly good. Well, so I mean that that book essentially is uh, has taken quite a while to put together, and um, is a journey. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a three hander, uh, just in terms of sort of music life in general, 
but mainly just focused on that um, 69-70 season uh, and just going to games with a group of guys um, who sort of obviously it's it's focuses eventually focuses on the on the FA Cup run. Um, but you know I've written a lot of stuff and I'm not I'm not going to big this up particularly. But I think this this is right up there with the, the best stuff I've ever written. Well, there's a tease if ever there was one, mate. Just, your your stuff is phenomenally good, mate, and I will I will big you up. I, th- I think it's it's hugely sentimental and emotional, um, but I, I think you know some of the detail that I got from um, people who um, you know helped me along the way with it, uh, who are obviously slightly older than I am. Um, is is quite extraordinary, and uh, you know, I, for, 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 I was nine that year, so you know, it was kind of my first experience of watching football on a colour television. Um, but you know, to get to get the level of detail and be able to recreate, hopefully, uh, either memories for people who sort of were there, or, or you know, people like me, or, or even younger people who. Of just sort of read bits and pieces and seen some grainy TV footage. Hopefully, it'll just bring it all all to life. Who knows? But um, yeah, so that'll be around. I'll uh, be along in uh, November. That'll Look forward to that. Uh, now, uh, one of our own, Dean Mears. He's one of our own. His, his debut book uh, is still out on Gate Seventeen, isn't it? Uh, Sarri and Sarri out. Cult fiction. Cult a fiction. year. How a year under Sarri almost tore Chelsea apart. It's, it's quite funny, actually, because you sort of... I, I said to Dean when when he sort of sent it to me, and I said, Do you know what, Dean? This this book could could, could rapidly lose interest if, if, uh, if, you know, if the Frank Lampard regime takes off, principally because, you know, nobody talks... In the same way, nobody really talks about Eden Hazard anymore. Nobody really talks about Sarri anymore. It's almost as if last season didn't really happen. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's an interesting book purely from the point of view that, uh, you know, the, the fallouts on social media last season during the course of, um, you know, the Surrey ball, uh, season were, were, were quite extraordinary, um, very volatile and quite horrible at times. And, uh, you know, Dean's kind of captured it quite well in his, uh, in his book. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend so if you've got a spare five at the price of a pint, less than the price of a pint in a London pub these days, you can pick up a copy of uh, Dean's book from the CFC UK stall on match days. Lovely. And uh, last but by no means least, we've, lo- we've left the weightiest till last, uh, the new uh, blockbuster by Sir Tim Rolls. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sir Sausage himself, yeah, uh, Stanford Bridge is falling down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... Uh, you know, for, for those who um, read Tim's first book uh, about the Doherty era, uh, it, it's along the same. You know, it's along the same lines. It's it's deeply analytical. There's loads of anecdotes in there. It is chapter and verse on what happened after Chelsea won the uh, European Cup Winners' Cup in '71 uh, and how how fast they fell. Um, to, to the relegation season, uh, you know, it really is um, a wonderful piece of um, of uh, history. And, and if you can get hold of 
a hardback copy that's got some wonderful uh, color, well photographs in it as well. So yeah, um, he's hit the nail squarely on the head there with uh, covered off uh, a bit of history that I certainly wasn't um, you know aware of. What, you know why what happened to the club then? Why did it? Uh, go the way it went and uh, he dots all the I's and crosses the T's and answers all the questions in inimitable Tim Rolls fashion. The the Doherty's Diamond book was fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, anybody wanting to buy this book, I would, uh, you know, if you buy this one, you haven't read Tim's first book, I would go for that as well. It's a piece of history and also about an era where, uh, he, he transformed the club with a fantastic style of football and some great youth players. It's really worth reading the Tim, the first one, Doherty's Diamonds. And so this one will be, I'm convinced, because it was it will, with his analysis and research. He's a he's a very fine writer. So uh, um, um, buy it is all I can say. Buy and yeah. buy the first one. Fantastic. Yeah, he, he's a very fine man as well as a very fine writer. I just mentioned one other. Um, clever little book that we've got coming out not till December but um, I think this one's available on pre-order but there's a, there's a I think quite a few people who are on Twitter might follow an account called the, uh, Read the League the League magazine um, and that the guy who runs that is a chap called Vince Cooper who, who's uh, who's older than me and <laughs> <laughs> and, there's, there's a, and, and actually went went to um a lot of the games, I think the only game he didn't go to was Burnley away, the cup replay in the 69-70 season. And he's come up with a book called Blue Army, which Pat Nevin's written the forward to. And uh, Blue Army looks at 25 players who helped shape Chelsea Football Club. And uh, we've got some fantastic illustrations in this book. And what I've actually done for the first time and hopefully it will work uh, I'm going to produce this in, in a format um, similar to do you remember the old football annuals oh yeah 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 so it'll be it'll be like we'll have a limited run of those available um, hopefully in time for Christmas so yeah that that's uh, a nice book so it's been a busy year for Gate 17 and um, it'll be less busy next year <laughs> Well, I mean, all power to your elbow, Marco. I mean, you, 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 and the hard work you put in helping a lot of writers, you know, get, you know, get out there and do it is, uh, is just, I think, what, what a tremendous legacy actually that you, you're creating for this club and for the supporters. And I love you to pieces for it, mate. So there you go. Get your, get your eyes fixed on those goodies uh, as and well. Most of them are out. Marco's has got to come out, as you know. Uh, but there you go. So that's uh, that's enough this week for the Chelsea Book Club. Bravo, Marco. Bravo, Marco. Yes. Now, uh, now for something completely different. Uh, as you know, uh, we've uh, I, well, me in conjunction with uh, Mr. Martin King, the Godfather of Chelsea fans, uh, who uh, has written Hooligan One and Two, and uh, co-wrote with. Uh, the wonderful Martin Knight, uh, Aussie, the King of Stamford Bridge. In fact, actually, Marco, it's all Marco's fault, this podcast, because basically Martin turned up at the CFC UK store and said, do you know anybody who does podcasts, Marco? What is a podcast anyway? <laughs> and Marco said, oh, you want to, because I happen to be there. And he said, you want to speak to this bloke? Uh, so we got together and uh, the idea behind it is that we uh, basically uh, go and interview as many former players, Chelsea, you know, supporters, or, you know, celebrity Chelsea supporters, anybody of interest or note, to connect it with the club as possible and uh 
you know and and you know do it properly you know really research it ask decent questions use the knowledge and experience that we have uh, and then put them together as a podcast and uh, and then release them and uh, we've got in the can uh, already uh, Kerry Dixon Chopper Harris Tommy Baldwin Johnny Boyle John Bumpstead Gary Chivers Colin Pates I interviewed Canners on Friday and, and Sunday. It was a long one, that one. And there are plenty, plenty, plenty more to come of that ilk. Uh, we hope to go right up to the present day, actually. But we've, we've kind of started at the beginning, if you see what I mean. Uh, and they are rather lovely, as this little teaser from the uh, Bobby Tambling one, which I'm going to be releasing this week, will tell you. I got to play with Jimmy for a couple of games and um, we were completely opposites, really. I mean, I know they said later on that I was to replace him, but we were completely different. Different. Well, you were more of a winger, weren't you, than a striker? Well, that's that's when when I came into the side, I was a winger, like Joe. And then um, when I played with him a few games at the start of the uh, season one year, and we played up at Burnley and, and we I think we both scored two goals each and his was typically Jimmy sliding them in you know like it from inside the box making good runs and, and getting on the ball and, and passing them into the net whereas I was hitting them from the edge of the box right. with you know like more, a bit more power and uh, I thought god that's a good partnership <laughs> he can score inside yeah. and I can yeah. score outside worked really well but it, 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 only for about a few games yeah, yeah, you're like the year that he left, year and we knew he was leaving. Um, it was sad, really, to know that he was gone because I'm sure all of us, all the players that played in the team with Jimmy, when we went one nil down and we needed a goal, we'd almost rely on Jimmy. You know, like it was almost as though Jimmy had scored, get us out of it, like you know, and. Nine times out of ten, he obliged, like you know, and um, you know, like he, he was just a fantastic guy to have in the club. Tommy was trying to keep us balanced, you know, like in the hotel, keep us calm, you know, like don't get excited, you know, don't get nervous. And when we went to Wembley, I think when we come out for the actual yeah. match we suddenly realised where we were and yeah. what we were doing yeah. what it was about and what it was all about and, and we weren't really tense enough yeah you know we, we were probably tense but in the wrong sense yeah. Yeah. you know that we were nervous you know yeah. and um, you know a good few of us never turned yeah. out it does happen it does happen doesn't it especially yeah. in finals did it, did it kind of hurt a bit more because you know Greasy and, and Venables were in, in that Spurs side no, it, it hurt to lose. It always hurts Just to that lose. That simple. Yeah, like yeah, like in the final, they say losing in the semis is bad. Yeah. But it's not as bad as losing in the yeah, final. There's nowhere to hide, is there? Yeah, and and you felt so bad. You know, because when we went up, we drove up Wembley Way, mm. and all the blue and white 
scarves and yeah, all yeah. that. And you thought, Christ, we've eventually made it. Like, you know, thanks very much for all your help. Yeah. Like, you know, to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, because, you know, like, they'd followed us through two defeats at, you know, Villa yeah. uh, Park, you know, like, and, and sort of thought, right, you know, we got a chance to pay all them back now. Like, you know, and it, and it never happened. And if, we, if we'd have given them a fight, if yeah. we'd have sort of threatened, you know, like, and fought them, like, you know, yeah. you would have thought, well, we gave it our best shot. But in the end, you, you had that feeling that yeah. you didn't want to read the next morning's papers. People said, you know, like, after Kerry had gone, yeah. like, you know, and they say, well, who do you think is going to beat your record? And uh, I, I was living in Ireland yeah, yeah, back yeah, again, yeah. and um, people were jeering me up, like, you know, saying, Frank is getting close. Yeah. And I yeah. said, no, I said, he's a midfielder. Yeah, no, exactly. no, this was when he yeah. was a long way off, yeah, right, yeah. back in the, you know, like when yeah. he had 70 odds and things like that. I said, I'll be dead by the time he gets to my toe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I won. <laughs> well, it was lovely, wasn't it? I mean, I know it's a, it's a, it's a well-known story, but if, and I've, I've got a picture of it, oddly, but him phoning you up the minute yeah. he broke the record. Yeah. Up again, Villa. Villa always yeah. features, doesn't it? Yeah. He got his 150th against Villa yeah. in that penalty, because I was here, yeah. and he got the, the 200, you know, he broke the record yeah. up at Villa, and he phoned you, didn't he, yeah. for the dressing room? Oh, unbelievable. How did that feel? Unbelievable. Yeah. I was in a, in a pub, and... Funny enough, the pub was full of Chelsea fans. Oh, really? Like, you know, yeah. And they were all ranting and yeah, roaring. Yeah, and I was sat on the table with about s- seven or eight friends, like, you know. And when he scored, it went quiet. You know, really? like they didn't wow. know wow. how he was going to react, yeah. I think, you know, like. And, and I, I've got to say, I didn't stand up and cheer and cheer, like, no, no. you know, sort of no. the record's gone. Yeah. But I could understand them being quiet, like, you know, didn't, didn't want to. You know, my feelings, but no, I think Frank solidly deserved. I don't know if you've noticed this over the period of time he was with Chelsea, but every year he had improved something. Oh, definitely, 100%. Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. can remember can one that. year, one year that stands out to me is we started pre season like you know the first four or five go- games he scored nearly five goals with his head I think yeah. and he used to go yeah. like you know saying yeah. up in the head look yeah. 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 and I, I thought it. god Frank you, you, you've been doing some work at Armour I think like you know and I said to him one one day up, up above here like where's that some dude and I said Frank I said that's the one thing I like about you, you know, I said you, you've just keep on yeah. improving everything yeah. around you like you know something that you're not happy with you've improved like you know I said that's a you know talent like you know you don't often see that top players doing that still doing that Um, but there you go as you could probably hear there Bobby Bobby was just wonderful he talked for over an hour and he's just he's a, he's a delightful man, and he he, you know, gave us chapter on verse on 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 Jimmy Greaves, what Jimmy Greaves was like playing with Jimmy Greaves, what what it was like playing for Tommy Doherty, what it was like playing for Dave Sexton and his uh, ahead of its time coaching methods, how gutted he was losing the 1967 Cup final to Spurs. Uh, how delighted he was about winning the FA Cup in 1970, even though he didn't get picked. 
Uh, and but most most touching really was what he you know the stuff he had to say about you lot the supporters. So I urge you to go and download it now. I, I as I said I've been very upfront about this. Martin and I have spent a lot of money. We're paying everybody who's uh, being interviewed, all the players that we're interviewing. We're paying them decent money uh, to to put in an appearance and and uh, you know record an interview with us. So we need to claw some of our money back. So we are going to charge for these, and the charge is as Marco would say less than a price of a pint of bitter or lager or even guinness it's not expensive two pounds 99 that will cover our costs uh, and that means that it's only going to be released uh, in one platform which is a place called podbean uh, and you have to you can subscribe to podbean as a, as a platform and then you you click on the episode to download it and then you have to go through the paywall to pay for it but uh, uh, they'll be hosted by podbean which is chelsea special.podbean.com uh, we'll also have a website soon, but at the moment I'm kind of warehousing it on the Chelsea Fancast website. There's a section uh, on the Chelsea Fancast website called the Chelsea Special, and you can find out what we're doing on there and all the podcasts that go up. We've got a few teasers up. A long interview with Martin King, which went up last week, which is well worth a listen. He's a, he's an absolute hoot. Very interesting man. Seen it all, done it all. Uh, and uh, eventually on the website we'll have all sorts of things like career stats of the players, YouTube clips of some of the goals they're talking about. A real kind of homage to them. So I hope you enjoy it, um, hope you support it, and uh, and I hope you listen to it. So there you go. Right, part three. Oh, actually, before I go, Jonathan, I mean, what, any anything for you to add on that? I mean, Bobby Tambling was wonderful, mate. Oh, I'm not. I'm not surprised. He um, he's come up to Aussies a few times, and um, um, I have one of those little blue stars. You used to get. I don't know if people know this, but um, in the '60s, you could buy little plastic stars with a, a little pin in the back. Um, uh, into the which was stuck into the plastic, and it was a little tiny little portrait, and you could buy them of every single one of your players, and it was a kind of joy to be able to see somebody new come into the team, and then a star was made about of them, and I had a Bobby Tambling one, and I was still I still wore it on my jean jacket, um, and he came into uh, into Aussies, and um, and I went up to him and said I can't believe it that I'm seeing you here. I've met him a couple of times. I said but look look I've got the blue star with your photo on it. Look at that. And I had a couple of photos taken of him, uh, uh, of uh, the both of us with the star, with him pointing at it. And um, he was uh, he was such a great player, and oh, just lovely. so speedy and uh, um, very hunched way of running. In fact, there's a, the six-two victory where he scored four goals against Villa away is on YouTube, and I would suggest that anybody watch that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be putting I'll be putting that I'll be putting that up on the site. We talked about that game with him when he scored four goals. He was yeah. fascinating on that. Marco, uh, what say you about this new venture? I think it's great. Uh, can I just add one little story about um, Bobby Tamblin? I've I seen quite often. He flies over from Cork and he's, he's an early bird. So I see him um, when I go and chat to uh, Kim Clark, who has the program stalled by the church, um, sort of before, before we set the CFC UK stall up. And Bobby, Bobby's always uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And a couple of weeks ago, he, um, he said, Oh, he said, Have a look at this, Mark. He said, uh, And he pulled out this postcard from his pocket that that Ted Drake had sent his parents. Um, I can't remember the, the year. Um, it might have been 1959. I'm not sure. Um, but basically, Chelsea had gone on a pre-season tour in, in Holland um, and they played a couple of teams and young Bobby had, had done particularly well. And, and this postcard to 
to his parents from Ted Drake was saying, you, you, you should be very proud of your son. And I just thought, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what a lovely man, you know, he's, yeah. uh, and, and I'm so glad that, you know, I mean, if, if you go back, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was 10 years ago. I, I seem to vaguely recall when, when the, when this fan cast used to be in the, the Putney station, um, I'm sure Bobby Tamlin was there and he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah no, he was because he wasn't very well at the time. And exactly. uh, I can I can tell you the story about that. We we had a big kind of end of season party at Stamford Bridge uh, at uh, Putney uh, Station. That's uh, it was the raffer out season. And uh, we had the whole of the upstairs of Putney Station. We had TVs with the European Cup win uh, on it. We had the beautiful game doing an acoustic set. And Neil uh, Spy Barnett. Uh, who I'd invited said, "Oh, chid, chid, you know, um, I don't know if if this will be all right, but um, you know, I've got I've got Bobby Tambling with me. Is it all right if I bring him? I, you know." And I said, "What is it all right?" I said, "Of course it's all right. For God's sake, Bobby Tambling at our party, bloody hell, mate!" Uh, and of course, Bobby couldn't really walk up the stairs uh, because that's where we were holding it. It was kind of had to go up these stairs to get there. So Bobby stayed downstairs in the restaurant bit and basically there was just a, a constant queue of people at our party lining up to, to to sit down and have a chat with bobby it was absolutely brilliant wasn't it marco oh yeah fantastic that's good stuff all right well there you go um as i said the they i mean we really want this to be like a, a real kind of legacy for these guys you know get them get them you know kind of down on record as to their time for playing at chelsea i mean the lovely the common thing that we've had so far is how much these uh, players love the club loved it when they played for it and then love it ever since and love us as supporters it's it's been really quite humbling so there you go so look out for that uh the bobby tambling one will be up this week right now after this very short break it'll be time for the emails Chidge. jk in all the years you've been following chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on tv Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. This is uh, Stanford Chidge. Of course, this is the Chelsea Fancast with me and Jonathan Kidd. Really? And Mark Worrell. Hello. Uh, now, this is the time of the week where you lot uh, take over the show and get to have your say. So, uh, without further ado, Mr. Kidd, the first one is for you. The first one is for me. Oh, hang on a second. Uh, you don't mind, I could do it this voice because I've aged suddenly and come from Yorkshire. <laughs> Excuse me a second. <coughs> Sorry about that. Right, come on then. <coughs> from Alex Davidson. Chidge kiddo et al. Et al. A few podcasts ago, a few podcasts ago, a few podcasts ago, you remarked that since Frank returned home, the Chelsea nation has breathed a collective sigh of relief and that all is now right with the world again. I'm paraphrasing. Here's my 10 pence worth. Will CFC win the BPL or the UCL or even the FA Cup? Not likely. And that is not what we expect. We just want Chelsea football back to entertain us. To see players have the balls to try audacious skills the way Hudson and Nevin and Zola used to do. Football is first entertainment. I feel old to speak like that. We can lose sight of that. We also love to see lads who grew up with the club, who love the club. We want to see them actually play for the club, having served years of an apprenticeship. How many other jobs do you say to a kid? We're sending you away from your family to Wigan, stroke Swansea, stroke Sunderland, stroke Bristol, to play against grown men, some of whom want a piece of you because you're a flash-git Chelsea trainee with a silver spoon to be knocked out of your mouth. And do the loanees complain? No. Do they refuse? No. They get on with it because they think it will help them get to the CFC first team. And now, finally, that is actually possible. And it is joyous. Yeah, the perfect word there, Alex. Joyous to see Tammy, Mount, Hudson-Odoi, Tomori, James, Zuma and RLC play. Once upon a time, Harry Redknapp had to trust his job at West Ham United's tenure in the BPL to Lamps, Carrick, Joe Cole and Rio Ferdinand, all in the same first team all at once. Probably had no choice. I'm sure Frank remembers that. I'm sure Frank believes if they're good enough, they're old enough. It's good. I thought it was going at the beginning. I thought it was going to say yeah, that um, uh, we're not good enough to win any of these things. But, um, you know, and it's not going to happen with this team. And I was going to go, oh, God, that's a bit horrid. But you were being positive. I'm sorry. You were saying it's good to have all the, uh, all the youth in. And you're absolutely right. That's a very good comparison, isn't it, actually? West Ham having uh, um, Lampard, Carrick, Cole and Rio Ferdinand, all of whom played for England and all of whom are top class. And so, uh, uh, if nurtured correctly, all of those people you mentioned, Tammy, Mount, Adoy, Tomori, James, could all, and the NRLC, of course, I'm a bit worried about him, though, because he's very, still not anywhere near being fit, but they could all become the backbone of the English side in a few years, and that would be phenomenal. Um. Wouldn't it just? I, I, I mean, one. I mean, I think that's a brilliant email, Alex. Thank you so much. Lovely to get your perspective on things. The only thing I would say is, I mean, and this is just a, this is just, a, a, you know, my opinion. It's not, not, you know, don't shouldn't be taken as fact. But 
Um, I, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, the, the proof of this is that Jonathan will absolutely fundamentally disagree with me. But I, I don't go to be entertained. I go for slightly different reasons. But I, I too share your joy in what we're witnessing this season. I think that, that at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, isn't it? What you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's the job. Well, um, I think the entertainment goes with it. Don't you think if we play well? Yeah, but I don't go. I don't I go to football to be entertained. I go to the cinema or the theatre to be entertained. I know, I know, I know. You said before you'd be happy with um, with. Uh, I'm just with, happy to be there. Nil and us not playing well, but I'm. Yeah. I love the fact that we're playing well and winning. I think if you. I get like that too. Combination. It's the, it's the cherry the is the cherry on the ice cream on the cream of the cake of the top of the yeah, whatever. I want that. I want it, Chidge. Chidge, I yeah, want it. You want it, it all, mate. You want, you want it all, all Chidge. You want it all. You're greedy. You're greedy. Anyway, shush. There's more emails. Right. This is from this is from the aforementioned uh, lovely Duncan Partridge from the Eastern Blues, who I met in the cocktail and had a pint and a chat with. A lovely, lovely bloke. And loads of them in the pub too, by the way. He says, Hi, Chidge. It was great to meet you in the pub on Saturday. I'm a relatively new listener and first-time emailer. I was discussing with your mates when the transfer ban ends. Personally, I hope next summer and now January. Oh, sorry. Next summer, not January. Who they would go for if they were in Super Frank's shoes. I'm looking for proper transfer targets, not the opinion of social media rumour mills that are just a waste of time and get on everyone's nerves. The first name I threw in was Tyrone Mings at Villa, as he's learning his trade from the best centre-back that played in the Premier League and looks the real deal. I was wondering what your thoughts were on who and where we need strengthening. Duncan, Eastern Blues, PS, keep up the good work, and if you guys are in the Eastern Blues area, give us a shout and I will get you a beer or two. Very lovely offer. Thanks, Duncan. Marco, what say you? Oh, didn't, didn't, we, didn't we sort of go over this earlier? Uh, we did. Can you remember what you said? Yeah, I, I kind of haven't really changed my uh, opinion in, in the last hour. I just, I just don't want us to waste money on an Alvaro Morata, on a Danny Drinkwater. Um, I would rather... We nurture the talent that we've got, um, give serious thought, for example, you know, to the Kante conundrum with with his fitness issues and the fact that, you know, Jorginho's been really impressive this season. I think he clearly likes um, the, 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 the greater freedom he's got as a footballer under Lampard than he had under... Uh, Sari, um, I I think you know Jorginho's he's 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 there. He's going to be a Chelsea player for a for a, a good five five or six years yet. Um, you know, do we need do we need somebody else in that midfield? You know, as as we said earlier, you know, there's those youngsters, there's Conor Gallagher, Billy Gilmore, all those kids coming through. But I, I don't know. The, the temptation is going to be there to go and spend um, money on a on a player that you know is truly world class, and maybe that's where it, where where they need to go. Although, you know, as we were discussing earlier, I, I just see them going out and buying a bloody striker. I don't know who it would be. Um, it'll either be a striker or a midfielder. We don't need any more wingers. That's for sure. Um, hmm. That sounds very eminently sensible to me, Jonathan. You've got two P's worth. Not buy anybody. I think if if they're going to buy somebody who's going to push their mates out, I don't think they'd be terribly pleased with it. I think he's got to be very subtle about it. 
it's a question of uh, you know if somebody stops playing and you think well uh, we we could improve there it's a, i think it's whether the board put pressure on him as well we don't know what um, i think he's got i think he's got a good relationship with marina and uh, um he may not want anybody it, we may discover that the uh, that we get out of the uh, you know the transfer window opens for us and uh, and nobody's bought which uh, and i i think that would be um I don't know. It depends whether it alters the balance of the side. I don't even mean from a playing point of view. I mean from a personality point of view. You don't want anybody in there who's a um, who's going to you know lord it over everybody. Who's a, a, a star figure. So it's it's tricky. I wouldn't personally go. I don't think they'll go in for anybody like Mings because he's the same kind of ilk and and uh, as the uh, as the boys playing at the moment. You know, he's the same age and um, uh, all right. JT may be teaching him, but. Um, uh, I think they'll get somebody if they do buy anybody. It's likely to be somebody who's been playing, you know, absolutely top notch. Um, so it would be a star. But I can't. I don't know where you'd go. Where do you go to buy a star? Do you buy? Who do you buy as a star? Do you go to? You know, it's it's. And Frank would know all these things. I think we just have to expect that they're they're really unlikely to buy anybody. I think. Mm. Well, we shall find out soon enough. JK, uh, next one from your mate, Leonard Zubiqueta. Leonard Leonard Zubiqueta. Hi, guys. Oh, my God. When I heard you on the last episode, read out my name, and correctly so, with perfect pronunciation by JK. And to mention you thought my questions worthy of the spotlight. They were good, Leonard. What an honour. Like I mentioned the last time, I've been a fan since 2001. But how I became a fan may be a fun short story. As a kid that is born and raised in Sweden with Chilean parents that is of pure Spanish descent, think about it, as Piliqueta. So it was more given that I would support Real Madrid or Barcelona. But as I see myself as a rebel without a cause, I was hesitant, or more accurately, dismayed to choose a team that was supported by everyone. All around me, there was only Real Madrid, Milan, Arsenal, United and Liverpool. And then in all the jungle of team names that was thrown at me to support, there was the toughest, most physical team in the UK that no one wanted to support because they played dirty and so on and so on. And as I wanted something for my own identity, I followed the only team, in my opinion, that has maintained a strong identity to this day. And that, my gents... My gents, is how a Swedish-Chilean Chelsea fan was created. P.S. My first ever game at the bridge was our 6-0 thrashing of Arsenal. Wenger's 1,000th game. Got the perfect game to go to. That game will be forever in my heart. Be one of the best memories that will live with me. To the end of time. To the end of my time. Much blue love to you all from someone from now on you can call Lenny Zed. All right, yes. Lenny Z. Well, Len- Lenny Z. Lenny Z. Well, no, I'm sorry, I'm too English. Lenny Z. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going Lenny Z. Mate. Okay, well, I'm Lenny Z. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead, baby. What would you like, Marco? What should it be? Leonard. <laughs> Leonard. Leonard Zahi. Zahid. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the. Good, quit while you're ahead, Joe. Uh, well, I've given up now. <laughs> sorry for the. Sorry for the book-long email, you guys, but I hope this little short story can make the cut so someone in the UK may find a little understanding of what makes a real foreign fan so passionate about something that is so close, but still so far away. Hashtag not a tourist. Nah, mate. If you listen to this, you're close enough for us, mate. That's all, that's all that matters. But brilliant email. Lenny Z. Zed's dead, baby. Right, OK, this is a... This is a I'm this is, by the way. What, what's, what's that, Marco? That's a good choice, Lenny. 
Yeah, I should Coco. Blimey. Uh, what a match that was. I don't think I've ever laughed so much at a football match as I laughed that day, Marco. What the oh god, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious, wasn't it? Absolutely hilarious. Uh, anyway, this is no laughing matter. This is absolutely fantastically joyful, wondrous news, and it's from uh, my mate Ash Pinto, uh, uh, who's been listening to this show pretty much since we started it. Bless his heart. Uh, he says, "Hi, Chidge. Breaking news: newest Chelsea family member, baby boy, born October the thirteenth, seven pounds seven ounces. Mason Michael Pinto. Mason. The day he came, yes. the day, yeah, Mason. The day he came home, he watched the England v Bulgaria match." with me and just watched his first Chelsea match yesterday versus Newcastle. Funny thing is that that was the fixture of the first live Chelsea match I ever watched. Great win for his first match, six days old. Our Mount jerseys are in the post, hoping to get over next August for his first live match and the misses too. Keep the blue flag flying high and up the up the Chelsea. Ash Pinto, massive, huge, wondrous congratulations Great to you congratulations. and, and Mrs. Pinto. Yeah, isn't brilliant. that brilliant? Yeah, love a bit of lovely news like that. It's what we there's so much shit news around these days. It's lovely to get some nice news. Well done, Ash, and I hope you, uh, mother and baby, are all doing well. We we need uh, we need all the Chelsea supporters we can get. So I encourage you all out there all go out and breed as much as you can and create more Chelsea fans <laughs> you know uh, I may be called an alcoholic Yadar but my time has come and gone so it's up to you lot right okay JK next email for you from our old mate Kenroy Justin just one thing it's very unlikely but I wonder if Ash is related to um, uh, Peter and Tony Pinto who I used to play Sunday football with I mean it's not likely at all but and I just thought I'd mention it anyway um, email number five Kenroy Justin Chiju Kiru Kenroy here inviting you again to St. Lucia, St. Lucia, St. Lucia, Lucia, to do a pod. St. Lucia. St. Lucia, sorry, to do a pod. I've been there, you think I'd know, to do a pod from the beach. The rum has been on standby, what's left of it anyway. At this rate, I'm thinking about doing some crowdfunding to get you guys down here. <laughs> just one I'm up do- for that. From just, just one donation from benevolent contributor Jonathan King to <laughs> take care of it. Oh, <laughs> what well, a good idea. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Jonathan can pay for us all to go to St. Lucia Perfect. for a week. I think that's Perfect. a great yes, idea. For a whole week, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And all the and all the rum you can drink. Good, oh God, yeah. Good win on the weekend, but there will be enough said about that on the show. So here's my real contribution this week: Chelsea legends battle round one. Who would win in a fight between ex-Chelsea hardman Vinnie Jones and ex-Chelsea hardman Diego Costa? Of course, John Terry would be the referee. Coming up next week, round two, long distance running: Kante versus Ramirez. Thanks. Yeah, good point actually. All right, that's what I mean. First of all, Kenroy, I, I I could think of nothing finer than going to St Lucia, one of my favourite islands in the Caribbean, uh, and spending some time talking Chelsea with you over a bottle or four of rum. Uh, but uh, you know, it it, it may it, 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 I, what can I say? I mean, I you know, I don't have the money to just jump out jump out on a plane and get out there. But I, I shall make sure it's very high on the. Uh, Mrs. Chidge list of holidays for her to fund, if you see what I mean. Have you been there um, before, Chidge, did you say? I've been there about three times. I oh, saw Chelsea beat Arsenal in a bar in uh, near Rodney Bay. Uh, Kenroy will know it. Massive old pub it is. Did and you? I sat there. There was nobody in the pub. Just me and Mrs. Chidge sat there in the middle of the day, oh, blaring heat, watching Chelsea. I think it was uh, the one where Essien scored. Did you meet the Mona Monkey? No, I didn't meet the Mona Monkey. No, no. Is that a friend of yours? Uh, no, no, just one. No, no. Okay. Um, I quite like his Battle of the Hard Men. I'm going to ask Marco this question. Vinnie Jones versus Diego Costa. What do you reckon, Marco? Costa all day long. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. Vinny's all, all mouth, really, isn't he? Eh? Hey? Vinny's all mouth, isn't he? You, you, I mean, Costa, he, he's, he's just, he'd just be horrible in a fight, I think. I mean, he'd, he'd, like, gouge your eyes out. Yeah. Bite your nose off. Yeah. He'd, he'd start before you were allowed, wouldn't he? Costa, exactly. yeah, he'd kick yeah. you in the in in the bollocks before the whistle had blown or anything. He'd just go up and that would be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he definitely would. I mean, Vinny, Vinny, as I said, I think Vinny was like a kind of a a cartoon book card man, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell it tell that to his face, to be fair. But <laughs> we loved Vinny when he was with Chelsea. I loved him when he was at Chelsea. I've got to be honest. And uh, just on that note about Vinny, he, he very sadly lost his wife recently. Has been in the media a lot about it. I mean, not that he listens to this show, but I mean, I'd I'd send out massive condolences to that. What a horrible thing for anybody to have to go through. Yeah. So bless your heart, Vinny. Um, right. Okay. Oh my God, Jonathan, it's email of the week. <laughs> It's you, isn't right. it? It's you. It is. I get, yeah, I get it this week. Right. I say I should have come in with you. Sorry. Okay, Ashwat, Ashwat Romani, I think. Uh, he says, hello, Chidge and JK and all the other panellists. God, you've all been promoted. You're now panellists on the Chelsea Fancast. My name is Ashwat, and I currently live in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but I'm originally from India. I've been listening to the fancast for about a year now, uh, and I've been meaning to write much earlier, but laziness got the better of me until now. No, don't worry about that. Laziness is my best friend, Ashwat. I, I, I have no problem with that. Uh, I eagerly look forward to every Monday to listen to you guys, especially after a Chelsea victory, or even if we've lost points, because I mostly agree with your perspective and the other panellists that you regularly invite. Tony Glover is probably my favourite, along with Clayton Beerman. There's no accounting for taste, Ashwat, but there you go. Anyway, growing up in India, (laughs) I was introduced to the Premier League when I was 15 by a friend who supported Man United. This was around 2002, and Arsenal and United were dominating English football at the time, and I did not want to support either of them. I remember following the World Cup that year and got absolutely hooked to football. I started watching every Premier League game after that and vividly remember Zola scoring goals for fun in almost every game. That Yeah, that was like his farewell tour, wasn't it? Uh, I attribute my Chelsea fandom to the legend that is Gianfranco Zola. I also remember Lampard being relatively new but promising, along with other favourites like Hasselbank and Ida Johnson. By the end of the 2002-03 season, when we beat Liverpool to earn the fourth spot to qualify for the Champions League, I was committed to the Blues. Fast forward a bit, the Mourinho era, especially part one, is filled with unforgettable memories for me. Things have gone a bit sour since, but I will never forget how loud I celebrated when JT scored the header against Barcelona and we won 4-2 at the bridge, and Mourinho was celebrating with all the players at full time. We've been extremely lucky to have absolutely amazing managers like Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, Antonio Conte, and hopefully we have another amazing manager in the making in Super Frank, which brings us to the current season. What a breath of fresh air this season has been so far. Even though we won the Europa League last season, the football was dire, and the Chelsea fan cost was my only solace every week. I did not expect us to be doing this well this season. I expected our strikers to struggle. The transfer ban has been such a blessing in disguise, and I hope it lasts for the entire season now so that Frank and Jody can properly assess the youth and unearth some more gems. The energy within the club and the supporters has completely changed now, and I hope we can grow on this foundation that is being set this season. I was in London earlier this year for four days and did a stadium tour of Stamford Bridge right after the day when Frank Lampard was announced as the manager. 
that was obviously not enough for me, so my wife and I are planning another trip to London later in November and just bought tickets to the West Ham game through the Supporters Club in Atlanta, Atlanta Blues. My wife is pregnant and it will be week 25 of her pregnancy during the game. I hope Matthew Harding Upper will not be too crazy considering her situation. Now you'll be fine. It's pr- pretty sonambulant in the upper, mate. Uh, this will be my first time watching Chelsea in a competitive fixture, so I'm incredibly excited. I watched them a couple of times before when they toured the US, once in Charlotte and once in New York. I also got to meet Sir Bobby Tambling. I like the fact that you called him Sir Bobby, Ashwap. Uh, Paul Canneville, Mario Melchiot, see attached picture. I'm the one wearing the Hodor shirt on the left. Neil Barnett, ETC. It will also be the first Chelsea game for my unborn son. Uh, on, a, on, a, on a side note, Ashwat, that counts. Uh, I mean, Phil, Phil Norman, my dear mate Phil, who's, who's, who's not a very well boy at the moment, which is very sad, and so sending lots of love to him. Psycho Phil used to say this about Stuart and Chris because uh, he and his then-wife Maggie would be going to Chelsea every week. So Stuart and Chris both claimed that they were at games that they weren't even born for but were there for kind of technically. So yes, it does count. Uh, Anyway, yes, we found out that it's going to be a boy. I also hope to buy you guys a beer for all the awesome work you do. I'm sorry this email is really long. I promise I will keep this short next time. Cheers and up the Chels. Keep the blue flag flying high. Ashwart, not long at all. A lovely email, Ashwart which warmed the cockles of an old man's heart i love getting emails like that uh marco there this is what I, this is what makes this show what it is i think uh, yeah without a doubt um the, the breadth of our support is truly remarkable i love it yeah me too i wouldn't have it any other way man i think it's wonderful there's uh, thing, nothing else in life that can give you such a broad perspective on uh life if you if you choose to take it that way i just think it's great um, absolutely right i couldn't agree more right uh we've got to move on we've got more to talk about somebody's piping up is it you marco no no i was, I was no. just endorsing your comments right okay fair enough right part four we're going to take a look at the potential winners and losers in our who knows wins chelsea fancast match predictions league and then we're going to have a quick look ahead to wednesday's champions league match against ajax Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast, and it has still got me on it, and still got Jonathan Kidd on it. Oh, good work, Jonathan. You'll make a you'll make a sound man yet. Uh, and uh, Marco Worrell, the impresario entrepreneur of Gate Seventeen Inc. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Now, those of you who've been listening to the show, including Marco, because you see, like like me, Marco likes the odd bet on the football. Um, I don't. I don't know if I saw him in the uh, in the in the kind of roster this week. I'll quiz him on it in a minute. But we've got involved with this company called Who Knows Wins, which is basically a betting app. So it's the home of social betting, and uh, they like to think that they are changing the culture of gambling. And who am I to disagree uh, by making it social? They've removed the bookies from the equation, and you can now bet on sports against your mates. It's a great way to rake in the cash with your friends and have a bit of banter in along the way in the chat. So it's a bit like betting. On the, it's like Chelsea Fancast plus betting 
plus the Mixler chat room, really. That's kind of the whole point. It's been a bit nobbled by the fact that I've been at the games for the last two weeks we've been doing it, so I haven't been able to banter around uh, in the chat room while the game's been on. But I will be uh, next Saturday, because I'm not going to the Burnley game, and I should be watching it on the TV, so I will be in that chat room bantering away. Now, uh, the good thing about this, if you don't like betting or you're not massively keen, it's not like odds betting, it's not... You know, you're not doing it through a bookie. Uh, this is all about uh, predicting the outcome of the matches. So win, lose or draw. So if you know your onions, you've got a good chance of doing quite well. And the other thing about it is it's pool betting. So the more of us that play, and I usually set the stake at about five, well, five quid is the buy-in. And the more of us that do it, the more money is in the pot. And that's what you get a chance of winning. So, you know, first place gets 70% second place 20 percent third place 10 percent i can muck around with that as well but you know basically it's a big pot to win if there's loads of people in there as there was in the first week we had about 60 odd people we've got a bit less this week but it's still about 180 quid in the pot i think uh so anyway i've set up a chelsea fancast league and each week i go in and choose matches so like this weekend i've chosen the uh 10 premier league fixtures so i'm uh, as you probably know uh casting an eye on the sheffield united arsenal match because uh, if if that ends up being a draw I will probably win some money so I'm all eyes on that anyway I kind of shout this out during the week on Twitter and Facebook and everything else invite you to join the league you know sign up download the app first from the app store or Google Play what Jonathan sorry sorry Marco Sheffield United are winning 1-0 I know they are but there's plenty of time left for Arsenal to equalize which is what I need them to do um, anyway, uh, yeah, so download the app, Who Knows Wins. You can get it from the App Store, uh, Apple App Store or Google Play. Then you register an account, and then you need to deposit some money. So you have a, an account that works. Then you go and join the Chelsea Fancast League, pay your five quid to buy in, uh, and then choose your selections for the weekend. And off you jolly well go. You know, no bookmakers. Have a bet against your friends and colleagues. Have a bit of a chat with the live score updates they have. It's, it's, it's genuinely great fun. And I know that there are people... I don't know if you... You haven't played yet, have you, Marco? Yeah, I played... I, I played the... Um, I did the first... The, the, the first game. And then I couldn't figure out how to disable the, the notifications in the chat. So I just sort of muted the whole thing. So I haven't been getting any updates. So I need to go back into the... Because the app's quite basic, isn't it, in terms yeah. of functionality at the moment? Um, so yeah, I just need to go back into it. And uh, you have to go. You, I don't know if you've got an iPhone. No, no, Android. All right. Oh, well, I've got, I've got no idea. But if it's an iPhone, you you can disable. You have to disable the notifications by going into your settings. Okay. Um, you can't uh, do it from the app. Are you are you put, are you doing a game for the fixtures at the weekend? Definitely, I, I'm going to focus on doing the Premier League ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had we had to do the uh, um, uh, the international ones for the first week, but I much pref- I don't know why. For, for, I'm for, probably for you lot too. We're all more interested in what's going on in the Premier League. We probably know a lot more about it. So, yeah, sure. uh, yeah I'm 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 more up for doing that. And you get ten bets. You know, ten not ten bets, ten games, and that makes it kind of a bit of a marathon. You know, we have to wait till Monday night to get the result. And as I said, if uh, as a good segue, actually, if uh, if Arsenal do draw, because I, 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 I mean, basically, I'm I'm currently in second place. Actually, I'm doing all right. Me, Spuddy09, Jerry Brunt, uh, Chelsea FC87, JS Gold, we're all tied for sixth place and stand to win ten pounds twenty five pence, I think, or something like twenty six pence. But Chelsea Dave is having an absolute blinder. I think he's got eight out of nine really? so far. 
Yeah, so he's he's going to win about 120 quid. Uh, but my bankers, right, were, I mean, of course, in true bloody style. I mean, this is just so typical, isn't it? Um, never, ever, 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 ever. And we, we should all know this as Chelsea fans. Never, ever, ever, ever put your faith in West Ham or Tottenham Hotspur because you know, you just know that they will let you down. Because I was doing absolutely phenomenally well. Uh, and then I had, I had uh, Everton to draw against West Ham. Of course, West Ham lost. I had Tottenham to beat um, Watford, and of course they drew. Uh, actually, Wolves let me down too because I had them to beat Southampton and they drew. So I, I got three wrong. But I had tipped up United to draw with Liverpool and Sheffield United to draw with Arsenal, thinking that most people would, would tip up Liverpool or Arsenal. So that's why I'm on tenterhooks, because if, if Sheffield United draw with Arsenal, I should win some money, although I don't think I can beat Chelsea Dave who uh, I think is unassailable at the top of the table at the moment. So well done you. So there you go. It's all fun, boys and girls. Uh, do go along. Poor old uh, Paul Burgess, who's in uh, in uh, Mixler at the moment, is going, boo, chidge, you're rinsing me. Tottenham bottle jobs. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I'm, well, you know, come on, Paul. You, you're, you're better than that. I know, you know, you keep plugging away or just get, get, me to, get, get me to give you a few tips, mate. It's that simple. And uh, for Pete42... It is basically, uh, go, go up to Chelsea Fancast Twitter page or Facebook page and it'll be on there. There's a link on there. But it's who knows. The app on Apple uh, Apple apps or Google is who knows wins. Very simple. All right. Enough. And back to the foobar. Uh, right. Um, we've got a rather mahoosive game coming up on Wednesday, um, which need not be underestimated at all. Uh, I don't know about you, you two, but... I, you know, I'm I'm as excited as a, a five-year-old schoolchild about this match. Um, I remember when I was very young, I, I I wouldn't say I had a soft spot for Ajax Amsterdam, but I had a, a massive man crush, or in those days a boy crush, on Johan Cruyff. And of course, Ajax won the I think they won it three years in a row, didn't they? The European Cup in the early 70s, primarily because they had Johan Cruyff. So I've always had a fascination with Ajax. And I tell you what, what I cannot believe is that we've never played Ajax in a competitive match, Marco. Is that right? I, I haven't found it anywhere. If I'm wrong, please tell me somebody, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm startled by that. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 it's like, I don't think we've ever played Celtic, have we? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? So I'm really looking forward to this. I think number one, though, mate, this has got to be Chelsea's toughest fixture of the group, hasn't it? Away to Ajax. I mean, they were in the semi-final last year. I know they've sold a lot of their players, but they're still a very good team. Yeah, I, they are, but um, I don't know. I, they've been, they haven't been that impressive, have they, in their group stage games? Um, like, well, they're, they're top of the table. They, they wallop Valencia 3-0 at home. <laughs> so no then <laughs> I mean it's not like I gave you an entire script with lots of information about Ajax yeah, you know, I mean honestly but... <laughs> <laughs> that is quite funny actually uh, yeah because we, we kind of didn't really make a good fist of that Valencia game no we didn't did we They've got some good players, though. I mean, Dusan Tadic was very good for them on their on their European Cup run last year. Daily Blind, ex United, is good. They've got CM De Jong as well. Uh, I, I, got... You know what? I, I just view the. I think the the Champions League's a bit of a free hit this season, isn't it? So, um, 
if we can get out of that group, uh, you know, then competition doesn't resume until February, does it? So I think, you know, the team's going to be a lot more uh, bedded in, might have Ruben back by then. Um, I'm not, I don't think we're going to buy anyone, but I think the whole team might have moved forward uh, significantly as a cohesive unit um, by the spring when the competition starts again. And you know what? I might just have a cheeky bet on, um, you know, some progress there because, you know, I mean, yeah, you've got the usual suspects, but it's a cup competition and, you know, Super Frank knows knows a thing or two about winning the Champions League and, uh I don't know. You just you just never know what could happen. You just never know once it once it gets to a knockout stage. So I, I think just be just be interesting. It's an interesting competition this season. Mm. Jonathan, um, I, I you know as as we know due to my the hilarity of Marco and my conversation, I, I do think they're a decent side still, and I do think they've got some decent players, and I do think this will be the toughest match in the group. But I still think we will go through. I don't think it will depend. Our progress won't depend on how well we do against Ajax, and I do in a sense think that you know this match is a microcosm of our our Champions League season per se because it's a bit of a free hit. Um, and I, I actually think that we, I think we might do all right. I think we might get a draw out of this, actually. But you know, I don't think it'll matter if we don't. If you see what uh, I mean. No, I think I don't think it'll matter if we uh, if we lose to them. Actually, mm. there because I think I think we'll beat Valencia away, and um, I think we're the we're the second or first best team in the group, and I think we're getting better and better. So I wouldn't be actually be surprised to see a draw or even a win against them. But it wouldn't matter if we lost. I think we'll beat them back at the bridge. And uh, I think I think we'll do very well. I, like Marco, I, I actually, bizarrely, not knowing anything about the season, prophesied we get to the semi-final. But I think if we do get through the group, it, it, as you as as he said, anything can happen. And I'm um, I'm excited by it. And I think I I, I enjoy uh, Champions League football, particularly um, the feeling we've got at the moment with the with the club. I think the uh, the Ajax uh, match at home will be fantastic in atmosphere. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to watching it. You don't have any uh, Ajax fans there, don't you? Yeah, they be Well, there'll be a few s- scattered here and there, won't Hang they? on a minute. What, what? There are no Ajax fans at the Ajax game in, in, no, in Amsterdam? No, they're all going to go to Leighton Orient. I have to say, I can't believe for one minute that uh, because the, these fans would have planned their trip they'll they'll turn up mate you watch and I, I hope we don't well actually this is interesting i don't think we'll have a repeat of what happened against frankfurt jonathan because it's a uefa ban and uh, uh, judging from the fans forum minutes that i read uh, the other day uh, the people that were in the west and the east stands uh, the frankfurt supporters had bought tickets from uefa associated sponsors no, and also the difference was was that um, uh, large numbers of corporate um, uh, customers, uh, supporters, um, didn't take up the option to buy the ticket. That was why the spaces were available. Whereas in this instance, lots of the corporate is actually in the uh, it, it's in the ticket itself. You you get the first the the group stage is part of your season ticket. So there aren't that number of seats available yeah. for them in 
in well, in corporate and hospitality. I, I still reckon they'll they'll well, be there a few that will try and get in. I agree yeah. completely. Any species yeah. they'll have been snapped up. But well, they're, 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 we've they're been proper... told we've been sent a letter, Chidge, to say that uh, anybody who does who who um, gets out of their seat uh, supporting the opposition will be removed. Yeah, good stuff. Well, I hope so. But I think there will be a few over. There's quite a lot of people that worried about the ag potential for ag over in Amsterdam, actually, which is a great shame because, I mean, as Marco and I, I'm not, not, I can't vouch for Jonathan on this, but Marco and I are very fond of Amsterdam for uh, all the obvious reasons, like the wonderful art galleries they have there, the cafe culture, uh, the beautiful canals, of course, Marco. Isn't that right? I'll tell you a, a, an amusing little story about when we when we nearly played it, when, when we would have might have been having a conversation. That's right, yeah. Yeah, last well, year, wouldn't it? No, no, it was uh, the year, oh, the year yeah. that we won the Europa League. Mm. Yeah. Um, Ajax had a 2-0 lead over um, the the Romanian team, whose name could completely escapes me not kluge no 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 um we ended up playing them but but basically anticipating all the prices going up for flights and accommodation etc uh i along with about 50 swedish blues and quite a few people from london booked up to go to amsterdam and then they they promptly lost their uh let me have a little um they lost to the Romanian team, who I'm, I'm going to go and find out who this is now. I'm sure it was a Romanian side. Uh, uh, was it 2013 we won there? Yeah, well, that was the last time, ironically, Marco, we played in the uh, Johan Cruyff Stadium uh, when uh, Branislav uh, Ivanovic rose like a tin of salmon to head us home. So yeah, I mean, essentially that. Um, I got why? Surely that wasn't that long ago. Six years. Ruben Kazan. No, oh, no. It's Ruben Stoy- Kazan. Bucharest. All right, right. Stoya Bucharest. Ajax had a two-nil lead over Stoya Bucharest. So we all booked up thinking that they would um, go through to go to, to go to Amsterdam. And, and of course, Bucharest beat them in, in, the, uh, in the second leg and, and went through. So Chelsea played Stoya Bucharest. So we thought, do you know what? We've paid all this money out to go to Amsterdam. Let's go to Amsterdam and watch the Chelsea Stoya Bucharest game in a pub, in a coffee shop in Amsterdam. <laughs> And, and I tell you what, there must have been about 100 Chelsea there and, and the police didn't know what was going on. <laughs> How fantastic. There you go. That, that, my friend, is the definition of proper Chelsea. But there you go. But it, it is a wonderful city. Uh, I love it. It's one of my favourite cities. Uh, I wish I had the time and the money to be going over there on Wednesday. But you know what I'm doing instead, Marco? Uh, are you are looking inside people's heads? No, I'll be doing that during the day. In the evening, I am treating the delightful and wonderful love of my life, Mrs. Chidge, uh, the second love of my life, Chelsea, obviously being the first, but no, the, the love of my life, Mrs. Chidge, to see Lloyd Cole and the commotions in the Anvil Theatre in Basingstoke. Very good. Has, go. has she got perfect skin at the moment? She is, and she's like a forest fire, but when oh. she's angry, she's like a rattlesnake. Wow. Yeah. Okay, a bit of, bit of Lloyd Cole-isms there. And by the way, for those of you who don't know... Lloyd Cole, 
you probably have no idea who I'm talking about because you're probably all under 30, but Lloyd Cole uh, is a Chelsea supporter and me and Clayton, for example, have had uh, have had chats with him on Twitter about Chelsea. So how about that? <laughs> I didn't know so that. There you go. Oh, yes. Right, OK. Um, very quickly, starting 11, Marco, who do you think is going to make the cut? Who, who's available for, the, for a start? I mean, they're all bloody injured. I don't know. I think I think uh, is Pedro fit? Yeah, he's, he's fit. Um, yeah. he's not been figuring. Yeah, I think Pedro will play. I think he might give um, Olivier a game. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he'll change everything? I think he might just play the same team that played at the weekend. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you know Arsenal are still losing, aren't they? So uh, I don't know. I, I think the that top four for the Premier League is looking quite doable, isn't it? Um, given the problems all the teams around us are having, so but it sort of makes sense, really, doesn't it? Because last year they all everybody fell apart. You do, there was never a reason as to that. Those those the, the reasons they kept losing haven't been rectified at all by the other clubs, have they? And yet we have, appear to have done that. We appear to have found a solution, whereas they're still playing as badly as they did at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 if I was frank, I'd be inclined to kind of change it up a little bit and put some of the older heads out there on Wednesday evening. Um, It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? What did he do the last time we played in Europe? In the um, when we won, when we beat Lille, he didn't change it from the Saturday, did he? Well, no, no, he didn't. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. he won't. Maybe he'll just stick with it because the kids are saying they want to play in every game. And yeah, I think he will. He will start. And this is this. I think you're right, boys. Actually, this is the pattern that he does. See, this is the thing about Frank. He likes to win. He likes to do the best he can, and he will start his best available team. There'll be no kind of tinkering around. It'll be his whoever's fit and available, who he thinks are his best players. He will he will play them. I think I think uh, it won't be a million miles away from. Uh, what we had against Newcastle, probably less Barkley. I, su- I suspect he won't he won't be fit. Uh, I'm play. I think absolutely. Yeah. Well, he got a knock. So, but I think if he's if he's only got a dead leg, he'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how he sets up uh, tactically as well. I, I I suspect it might be might be the four three three three. But interesting. See also, should... if Dave, Dave is injured, as your list said, then I think he'll yeah. Reese James. Reese James. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That's what I mean. I it's think exciting. he will pick the Whatever best happens. available. It's exciting. Sorry, mate, go on. It? It's exciting, isn't it? Whatever happens, you just think with the players, oh. you know, you just think, wow. And just one thing also we, we want to mention is, is Loftus-Cheek, despite people on Twitter having him on the bench or almost ready, is very far away from fitness and we must um, be prepared for him not to actually play until February. Well, that's a shame, isn't it? I mean, I know you yeah. said that to me the other week and it does worry me because I desperately want to see him get... I don't want him to be left behind. I mean, in a sense, he was the trailblazer last season and it would be so sad if yeah. we don't get to see the best of him. I, I mean, it's funny, actually, Marco. I was talking to um, Martin King about this when, when I did the episode interviewing him on the Chelsea special. And, uh, you know, this is the man who wrote the biography of Peter Osgood with uh, Martin Knight. Uh, and Ozzy was his absolute idol. Uh, although he now says Charlie Cook was, so make your mind up. Anyway, the bottom line was we were saying that Loftus-Cheek and Osgood have a very similar running gait. You know, and they were both, bit, they're bit, you know, Ozzy was a big lad, you know, and so is, so is Ox, uh, Loftus-Cheek. So, you know, I, I really, 
I hope for the best for him. I really do. All right. Okay. Nail, nail our colours to the Mars time. Marco, what are you going to go for? Uh, I'm going to go for 2-2. A, a Desmond. A Desmond, Desmond for Marco. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan? Uh, I'm going to stick my neck out on a limb and uh, go for 3-2 to us. All right. I love I love your unfailing well, optimism. Sticking your neck out on a limb. <laughs> Very good. You know, when I said that, I was thinking I was thinking to myself as if I had a kind of <laughs> elastic man neck. You know that character, uh, a DC character, and that he could just sort of stick it out miles and miles, but then somebody comes along with a with a hatchet and chops it off. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, it, it made no sense at all, which for which I apologise. That's brilliant. Okay, right. Uh, I told you, didn't I, folks, that this whole... Oh, I should... I, I'm going to go for... Uh, I'm actually kind of with you, Marco, I, I think, because, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I can see a 2-2. I can see a Desmond here as well. So there you go. I'm going to go for two two. Um, right, I've, I've been saying throughout the show, haven't I, that this is a show of appreciation. Uh, so I think it's very appropriate that we uh, finish off with a, an appreciation. Uh, and uh, I'm sure everybody saw, you know, the news at the weekend. That uh, I mean, this has been around for a while actually, but clearly it might. It sounds like it might have taken a little bit of a turn for the worse. But uh, one of my absolute, I mean, to to say, you know, I, I mean, I, I you know, yeah. What can one say? Luca Viali, Gianluca Viale, one of my favourite all-time Chelsea players, without any shadow of a doubt. I mean, how much I love this bloke as a human being and as a football player is just hard to even put into words. Uh, I love strikers like Luca. I still think he's one of the, uh, the the striker, one of the best kind of you know movement in the game that I've ever seen. It was just brilliant his movement. But he was also an incredibly hilarious and lovely and intelligent and laid-back chap. I mean, how could you not love Gianluca Vialli? And uh, I loved him as our manager as well. And I was very upset when he got fired. Uh, you know, I remember singing, you know, the, the Vialli song long into, into October, actually, after Ranieri got signed. But there you go. But anyway, the news is kind of out that he's got pancreatic cancer, which is not good at all, bless him. And there was a picture of him uh, looking, you know... Well, you know, looking like you would do, really, which is not not very good. So, all very sad, Marco, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely tragic news. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's 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 not new news, is it? I think no, exactly. I think clearly, yeah. you know, it's been undergoing treatment for some time, and um, the, the problems still there. And you know, I, I endorse everything. <laughs> I mean, for me. For me, you know, Viali um, was one of the bridges, you know, the, the kind of the Hollit, Hoddle, Beget, Hullit, Beget, Viali, Zola and Di Matteo, you know, the, it's a hugely significant part of um, the history of our football club, both as a player and a manager. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I... You know, obviously he's, he's Italian as well, but you know, I, I just posted a little tweet the other night, just saying "vince la partita più importante," which just translates as you know, win, win the most important game, and um, hmm. it's like an Italian saying. But you know, I, I just wish him all the best. It's, it's it's an awful situation. You know, he's still a, well, he's younger than he's younger than me. Um, is no age at all, and I just really hope that 
um, he pulls through. Uh, you know, what a great, great man. And, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if you know the story about how how he came to shave his hair. As uh, I think most yeah. people thought it was a fashion statement. It, it was actually in support of one of his teammates at Juventus um, who, who had a tumour. Um, and he shaved his head off. Uh, shaved his head off. Shaved, shaved his head off. <laughs> Uh, he got the same script writer as Jonathan. Yeah, had his neck out on a limb. Yeah, no, that's um, right. Yeah, you know, what a truly wonderful man. And, you know, I, I was really disappointed. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you don't know what goes on. You know, it was a great shame that he was kind of lost, in a way, to football after, um, you know, he, he left Chelsea and then I think he was at Watford, wasn't he, for a bit. Um, and then he kind of ended up, you know, working for Sky Italia, which is fine. I, I just, I kind of like really missed him not being part of, uh, you know, the direct football, fab, the, the fabric of the football that, that we watch, um, you know, and that we see on, on the TV uh, for, for such a long time. Um, so, yeah, re- you know, really wish him all the best. And uh, Forza Gianluca. Yeah. I, I echo everything you said, though, Marco, and you said it as I wholly expected, uh, far more articulately than I could. But what an absolute legend. I, I, I'm, I'm sure he does, but I, I, I really hope from the bottom of my heart uh, that he knows how much we love him uh, for everything he did for the club. And uh, he's a fighter, so while, while, while there's life, there's hope. Indeed. Jonathan, anything to add? No, I think uh, Marco's uh, expressed it wonderfully, actually. And, um, yeah, great contributor to Chelsea history and uh, fine man. And, yes, I agree completely. I think he got a job in Italian Sky, didn't he? So that was why he was obviously being paid well enough. But I never quite... Um, it was a shame that he wasn't part of the uh, the punditry over here because he was a witty and um, classy, classy man. So, uh, but, yeah, a wonderful player and... Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish him so well with his fight. So, Absolutely right. Now, uh, another appreciation for another fine Italian who gave a lot to Chelsea. And many of you all know that the uh, much-loved Trizia Fiorelli... Marco, I'm going to leave the pronunciation of Trizia's surname to you as the expert here. Fiorellino. Thank you. Beautifully done. I'll just refer to her as Tritz, which is how I knew her. But uh, she very sadly uh, died a couple of weeks ago now, I think. A very untimely death. She used to listen to this show. I used to work with her on the fans forum and various supporters groups. Uh, But more importantly, I used to go out drinking with her after matches and have an absolute giggle with her and her wonderful partner, Paul. Uh, And it was lovely to see uh, on, I saw, I think Alex uh, tweeted a photograph out of a bunch of flowers that was left in Tritzia's seat at the front of the East Upper Marco, which is kind of within, we can just about see it from where we sit, can't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's, it's so sad when this stuff happens. Yeah, awfully sad. Uh, Very lovely to see in the programme as well. In fact, when I found out, I don't normally buy a programme, 
because uh, I, it's kind of like a ritual, a weird ritual. I, I stopped buying them because I couldn't afford. I had so little money. I had enough money for a ticket to the Napoli, the famous Napoli game in the successful Champions League run, but I didn't have enough money for a program, which I always would buy. Uh, so, and because we won that, I've never bought one since. Uh, occasionally, I will. I'll break the habit. But I, I mean, I knew jo- Jonathan would be able to grab a spare one for me, so I texted him, saying, "Get me a program," because I had to read it. And the club, uh, bless their heart, Bruce Buck, actually, fair play to Bruce. Uh, wrote a lovely, a lovely tribute uh, to uh, Tritz in the programme. So well done to the club for that. But uh, uh, Tritz, yeah, we love you to pieces. Much missed. And uh, my heart goes out to Paul and your family. Right, so a slightly sad note to end the show on, really. But uh, there we go. That's the world we live in, I'm afraid. Uh, that, I'm afraid, is also all we've got time for this week. We will be back next Monday at the usual time when I'll be joined by Jonathan Kidd and Tony Glover. And we'll be looking back at the Ajax and the Burnley matches and we'll be looking ahead to the Caribou Cup tie against Man United, which is the following Wednesday. In the meantime, do not forget to tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 8pm this Friday. Jonathan, just me and Jonathan with Matt Beadle this Friday uh, and we'll be discussing all things Chelsea, no doubt the IX game and uh, previewing the Burnley game phone in, whatsapp us, join the show, debate with us live, the number is 0208 70 20 558 and Love Sports now a national radio station and it's broadcast on uh, your digital radio uh, plus you can listen to it anywhere in the world on Radio Player, tune in or lovesportradio.com and uh, the show is available as a podcast shortly afterwards as are all of our shows Chelsea Fancast is on uh, ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify. So there you go. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stamford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Marco at Gate17Marco and of course the website is ChelseaFancast.com The bloggers who write there are wonderful and I love them all. Thank you so much for the content you put up during the week. And they are at Nick Stroudley, at Clitheroe Blue who does all of our match previews and reviews at Dean Mears, does loads of stuff every week. Always worth a read is Dino. Uh, and the lovely Alex with her girl who likes balls column at CFC GWLB and of course the other Chelsea fancast regulars are at Goalie59 at Joe Tweedy at Grocer Jack UK at Dan Silv 73 at Liam underscore Toomey at CFC GWLB at Dean Mears and of course at OJ Harboard it's about time we had him back on and a news flash a news flash a big thank you to the lovely Dane Whittle who has taken over the job of managing our Instagram account at Chelsea Fancast and he's doing a cracking job so make sure you follow us there for some more good content that is about it Uh, Marco as always an absolute delight and a pleasure having your company for a couple of hours on a Monday evening thank you so much thank you for having me on thoroughly enjoyed it yeah always do yeah, I will uh, no doubt see you at the next home match. Palace, I think. Is it, is it that long away? Yeah, I think it is. I, I'm, I'm not at the United game because it's on a Wednesday night and I can't get up there in time. Uh, uh, maybe Ajax. No, no. Yeah, Ajax. Ajax at home on the 5th. Indeed. Fireworks. I'll see you for that. Definitely see you for that. Uh, Jonathan, I will see you on Friday as ever. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. Of course, as always. Excellent. Lovely to be on the show with Marco, who is uh, terrific as always. Yeah, absolutely right. Brilliant. You guys have been fantastic, only matched by the wonderful people who are clinging on in there still in uh, in Mixer. Love you to pieces for doing that. It's a long time to listen to us waffle on. You're absolute legends. Thank you so much. You make it what it is, which is great fun. So thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.